Today's episode of Frightmares is sponsored and hosted by GRP Studios. Located in Longwood, Florida, GRP has served the Central Florida area since 1974. They provide quality audio and video services from simple projects to more complex shoots. Check them out at www.grpstudios.com. Episode number 14 of Frightmares. As always, I am your host, Austin Proctor. Joining me across the table today is Miss Gabrielle Platt. Hello. Playing on her phone, as I always. I am not. Okay, well, uh, real quick, before we get into anything that's... Uh, okay, just check this out. Sorry, I'm like freaking out. So we went live and uh, we showed some uh, t-shirts that I got from Cavity Colors and Terror Threads. And Terror Threads just commented... On my fucking post, and they're like, "We hope you like our, our your, we hope you like your tees. Thank you so much for the support. That's fucking What's awesome. Up? That's so cool. Hell yeah! I'll reply to that. They're awesome. Love them. Cool. So yeah, we did go now live. Who's playing on their phone? Shut up. We did, we did go live. I showed some shirts. I got uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I got a uh, we what we do in the shadow. What is it? What we do in the shadows? What we do in the what shadows. we do in the shadows? Yeah. Terrifier and Reanimator. They're all awesome shirts from Cavity Colors. And terror threads. Also check out Fright Rags. Maybe we could get them to like sponsor the show. Just send them a little DM. Be like, hey, dude, what's up, man? Wink, wink. Wink, hint, wink. Hint. You could like throw me a free T-shirt, and then I'll be like, check out Fright Ra- or <laughs> check out Terror Threads. Sorry, I almost. Wow, well, that was a horrible <laughs> plug. They're not gonna give you anything for that. Fuck. There's so many different awesome horror shirt things online. I get them all confused. They're all awesome. Oh God, I lost my train of thought. We were supposed to start with HHN. So that's what we're gonna start with what today. Was- HHN. So we've been waiting and waiting for the multi-night tickets, aka Frequent Fear, Rush of Fear, all that stuff to be released. They get released on Thursday, but the APs can't log in to get their tickets. True fucking tragedy. And it was so annoying because we're sitting there all day and it's like, oh, this is They said like the website's been zapped because we have to update it or something like that. So finally, I think yesterday night. Well, I called them on the phone. That's right. Because I wanted our, um, we were talking about getting into an RIP tour for our bridal party and everything. So, you know, something cool. And um, so the guy told me, Oh, yeah, we're just getting prices sporadically. Like, we're getting stuff uploaded. Like, you can kind of see what the prices are, but no one can purchase anything. Like, try again in the next couple of days. Like, all right. Yeah, it's like they knew they were going to announce it that day, and they just seemed kind of unprepared. I'm not sure why. They've been doing this for 29 years, so it's just like... It's been a minute. uh, It's been a while. But nonetheless, they finally updated prices for everyone. I think it was last night because I checked... And was very upset to realize that the annual pass holder uh, tickets are the same price as certain. So, like, for for example, um, event tickets, multi-night tickets for regular, um, like, goers are $334 for the Rush of, P- of, Rush of Fear. And Rush for of Beer. Rush of Beer. And for APs, it's 314 So you get a $20 discount for being an annual pass holder. Now, the Frequent Fear without Express... For non APs is three seventy four, and then for APs is three fifty nine. So you get a fifteen dollar break, and then this is where it just becomes the same price. The frequent fear plus and ultimate fear pass are both four fifty nine and six six seventy nine. So they're giving people a break on the cheaper tickets, 
and not giving you a break on the more expensive tickets, which kind of seems backwards to me. Yeah, it does seem a little <laughs> backwards because uh, then at that point, why would you even list it on there? Because then it's like that's not really a discount. Yeah, why did I wait a couple of days to buy my tickets if they're just going to be the same? And I've been hearing uh, so many different reasons why online. I had someone say that people are using, you know, people are giving out their annual pass number to other people so that they can get the discount on those higher priced items. And it's like, okay, well. Why don't you just make it to where you can only input that number once, and then after that, you know, it won't allow you. I'm pretty sure we have the technology to do one per yes, annual and, pass holder. Well, so. yeah, because you had, um, when we tried to buy tickets to see the Black Keys, your number, you got in your place in line, and then once you refreshed it, it glitched out, and it was like, nope, your place is already gone, but, like, I still had my place in line. Like, they're capable of tracking what you're doing. So you'd think they could. Yeah. So instead of not giving us a discount, they're like, nope, we're not. You know, you're if you're going to give your annual pass out. to, uh, So they're basically telling people, yeah, you can give it out to give people, you know, a discount. But it's just it's just not going to work for the higher price ones. It'll still work for the lower price ones. It just doesn't make any sense. So. Yeah. Not to mention those RIP tours went up. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. We were going to do one. You know, we were all me, you and Will. We're all going to chip in. And then they tell them how much it was. Yeah. Well, we had seen from a few people. We saw someone post online. Shout out to whoever you were. Um, <laughs> oh, the guy that gave gave the price? Yeah, 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 it was like he paid like three grand for his. And we're like, holy crap. Well, maybe it was an expensive or busy night or something. So I called them and they said it was 2500 which is about $1,000 more than it was last year. And we're talking almost 300 per person for a non-private tour. So basically you save maybe 20 bucks a person for a private tour? Yeah, because me, you, and Will, we're going to all chip in, buy one. You know, we were planning to spend about $500 a piece. And we uh, ain't got that kind of money. Well, it's like I have the money to do it, but it's like I just don't want to shell out $900 between three people to um, go on an RIP tour. That's just a lot of money for one night when we're going to be going, you know, 20-plus nights. Not to mention, then after that, all of our people who don't, frequent Halloween Horror Nights, then have to buy passes, and you're talking another 70 bucks a person, so talking like, what, four grand? Yeah, for, for one night. For one night, now, which is a lot. Now, it's cool because with the private tours, you have them from, like, opening and until closing, so you can literally hit as many houses as you want with front-of-the-line access, so in a sense, it might be worth it if, you know, if it wasn't just three, if, like, if everyone in our tour was, like, split, chipping in. It might be worth it, but since it was, you know, we're, we're that we want to be a gift. Yeah, it was supposed to be a gift from us, but it's just like, okay, we have a wedding happening this year, we have a honeymoon, so it's just too much stuff for us to pay for. So we're just going to buy express passes for all of our guests, have them buy their own ticket, and then we'll just we'll just hang out. Or actually, no, we're not even gonna do that anymore. Never we're mind. not. We're not just doing kidding. that. But that we are talking plan. about doing a behind the scenes tour, which we'll, we would be reviewing. Um, I've seen. We might want to consider that dining experience because that's director heard, dining. Yeah, that's really fun, and it's actually not too expensive. I've looked at it. And um, we are still in debate about whether or not it'd be worth it to do a public RIP tour yeah. one night. We'll because, see how that plays out. Because the public ones are only from a certain time to a certain time, and you know you're at the, you have other people in your tour, so it's not just we can't just be like, oh, we want to do this. You have to ask everyone what they want to do, and I'm, you know, and I'm just, yeah, I'd yeah, rather you just never know. We could end up on an RIP tour. You know, we'll we see could. how it goes. We'll see. So that's the uh, news from HHN. Uh, no new announcements for houses or scare zones yet. I'm sure there's going to be more this month, though, because now that the tickets are out, people are getting amped up. I'm Get, super hyped. And getting a little bit bitchy. 
Yeah, people are bitching about, oh, I really hope there's not Killer Clowns this year because that's just re that just seems lazy. First of all, Killer Clowns was awesome last year. I don't know about why people are hating on that. Someone said it was very gimmicky, and I was like, I don't understand how a movie is gimmicky. Yeah, I feel and, like and the costumes were amazing. What we <laughs> what? talked about was like um, the there seems to be some issue because um, based on some of the uh, what would you call that like the, the media posts they put out about Halloween Horror Nights is it's going to be eighties themed again. Yeah, and well, technically, yes, last year was eighties themed. There, there were like. 80s areas and 80s houses it wasn't like a full blanket 80s like there were definitely things that weren't 80s in you know Halloween yeah, Horror like, Nights last year and I think that that is what they were kind of leaning towards is we've got Stranger Things again where they're you know hinting at killer clowns and Ghostbusters and I think it would be 80s in that sense again like maybe they'll have another 80s themed scare zone but it's not gonna be like when they did Walking Dead as every scare zone I don't think they're gonna full-blown blanket it out because it it wouldn't really work but i think they've got a lot of things to play with in the 80s well yeah arena. i mean a lot of this a lot of great stuff came out of the 80s and like you said even last year i mean you had the horrors of blumhouse and i'm pretty sure nothing from that was in the 80s i mean happy death day was based in current times first purge might have been i don't know i never saw it i don't know where i don't know what time it was based in but there was plenty of stuff that wasn't based in the 80s trick or treat is another thing that was from 2009 and it wasn't set at any time it was just set in the present time so I don't know why people are bitching about, oh, I don't want an 80s theme. How about you just go and fucking enjoy the event because we're lucky to have this in Orlando and it's amazing. Yeah, I think <laughs> the point is, like like I say in MST3K, it's just a show you should really just relax. Yeah. It's just for fun. You should just relax. Maybe you should be in charge and make these creative decisions and see how hard licensing is and seeing how hard it is to put together something like this every fucking year. Well, it's just like uh, Game of Thrones pissed everybody I off. Know. You can't please everyone. How about you respect <laughs> all the people working so hard? Exactly. It's not like they're just throwing out the same exact thing every year. They're trying to make it different and better than the year before, and it is really hard to know how it's going to play out till it's already happening. Exactly. And it, it's not like they're recycling. They've, I don't think they've ever taken a maze exactly the same layout and done it. You know, they might have had Walking Dead six years in a row, but it was absolutely different. You know, the layouts were different. Everything was different. So people complaining about it being lazy, it's just like, how about you just go have fun? And let that be the end of it. Or if you're going to complain that much, don't go at all, because I don't want to see you there. <laughs> we don't want to see your face. If you're going to be such a complainer, just don't go. So, uh, yeah, still uh, very excited to see what they announce next. I mean, we have a pretty good idea of what's going to be there. But, uh, you know, as we get updated, we will keep you updated. So, with that being said, I guess we should move on to the, oh, my God, all of the movies. Oh, you want, oh, that's right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. There's one more thing. While we were doing the live stream, I, I misspoke, and I said Killer Clowns from Otter Space. And uh, that like, just went off into a whole different tangent of, okay, now we're going to make parodies of what we, what was it? Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> there will be some animal pun, uh, animal pun house drawings. Um, from you. From me. So look yeah, out for that. Yours truly. Uh, look out. We'll see how many I do. I have a short attention span. Can't promise all of these are going to show up. But they're um, all awesome. <laughs> but yes, Killer Clowns from Otter Space will be the first one So up. just pick that picture of that in your head. Just Killer Clowns in an Otter Space. Now, side note, if you do have some ideas about some of the rumored houses and some pun names, we have not come up with pun names for a few of them, not saying which. 
Um, feel free to shoot me a suggestion. I'm always up for someone else having an idea for me. Okay. Well, tell them what you got. I said I'm not saying them. You're not going to say really. Just said the words. I'm not saying. I thought you no. I thought you said you weren't going to say the ones that we didn't have ideas for. Well, I think they. That's called process of elimination. Oh my god. Okay, fine. I will give you a couple. Um, Well, yeah, we wrote all these down to share. Now you're like, I don't want to share. Why don't you want to share them? Bite me. (laughs) You're so fucking weird. You're weird. Okay, so let's see. We've got killer clowns from outer space. Don't know if I mentioned that yet. And uh, stranger wings. And that's going to be what? Bird-themed. Bird-themed Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, depths of Steer. So cows or bulls or whatever. Underwater. Yeah, underwater. Underwater Just cows. <laughs> Don't die. And um, night and whales. Night and whales. Which is going to get real terrifying oh. real fast. Um, considering I also have to put them in gladiator clothing. Oh my god. And Fucking underwater whales, and those scary ass teeth. Whales underwater with gladiator armor. I'm down. I'm about it. I love it. I can't wait I've to see I've already this got shit. the image in my head. I want you to know it's gonna be beautiful. Um so yeah, we've got a few ideas going on. Yeah. And uh we will I will post those on the Frightmares page when uh, they're done because they're going to be beautiful. And I'm very excited to see all these uh, uh, animal-themed parody HHN houses. It's going to get real special. Um, (laughs) Depending on how attractive they are, depends on whether or not they will go up in my shop. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Okay. So, yes, HHN is on the way. We've got, I think today marks 90 days on the day we're recording. Uh, I think we've got three more months until... Until this shit goes down. So I'm very excited. Opening night's going to be awesome. Oh, man. Three months for that. Four yeah. months for something else. Great, yeah. Um, anyways, so now we're going to move on to all the mo- so, so many movies. Holy shit. I think we have was it, eight in total. Oh, maybe nine if you wanted to talk about Intruder, since we didn't talk about that yeah, yet. Yeah, let's talk about so Dennis then, Quaid. So then let's kick off with that. Why don't you talk about The Intruder and how you liked it and what it was about. Okay, so Intruder, starring Dennis Quaid, and um, I, I apologize, I do not remember the other actors. Well, you names, gotta you gotta look it up. You're supposed to have God, not even prepared, up. man. Well, you just not told me half a second ago. Okay, Dennis Quaid, Megan Good, and how did the friend get billed over the main actor, Michael Ealy? I don't know. I'm sorry if I didn't say it's that. Right. Top, it's top billed as in who got paid the most, so it depends on who they are. Too, well, as Joseph Sikora, who plays the friend, got billed over the main guy in the movie, which oh, I sh- find personally offensive. Shit. But anyway, Megan Good was in The Unborn. Oh, that was a good movie. I like that so one. So anyway, cool. Shut it. And she was in Shazam. I'm gonna throw something at you. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so The Intruder, a young married couple decide they really want to live out by the vineyards. They find this beautiful house that's a little bit too expensive, but the owner seems to like them. And from the second they meet him, he's a little bit odd. And um, That's an understatement. (laughs) Yeah, well, so they decide to buy the house. And um, the problem is, is they've moved in, but it doesn't seem like the owner, Dennis Quaid, is so ready to move out because it's been months and he still keeps showing up to the home, mowing the lawn, helping them with things around the house that nobody asked for help with. Like he just keeps appearing and causing tension. And 
Whew, that movie was crazy. I mean, it was okay. I liked it. I feel that Dennis Quaid played a super creepy role. I feel like he did a great job, and I liked the story. I just kind of wanted a little bit, that little extra, like, I don't know, bump of horror and stuff. Like, it was good premise, good acting, but I don't know. It's just, for me, it was lacking that little something it's and i don't even know what it is i just needed a little bit more from it i personally the only thing i had a problem with um was that the wife seemed real dumb like she is a strong intelligent woman and her husband is saying hey i think there's something off about this guy and she's just like shrug he's so cute let's invite him into the house like, that's how it stop is. Stop doing that. That's how it is, though, in horror movies. You have the one person who has who is who has reason and is like, "This is wrong," and then the other person is just like, "Eh, I don't care." La 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 la. Like, okay, but red flags are everywhere because he's showing up as soon as the husband leaves. He just like pops up. He's like, "Oh, let's have wine and make pizza or whatever." And oh, I need to help you with these Christmas lights. Like, no weirdo. It's twelve. Like, it's like midnight. Go away. Yeah, and that's what I find baffling because it's it's always like these relationships that are portrayed as like. Maybe there's something, some sort of tension between them, which they have in this case, or maybe there's not. But they're, like, happy together. Yeah. And they count on each other. But apparently, if you're in a horror movie, no matter how much, like, how many years you have together and how much trust you have in each other, the second your significant other says, I feel like something's wrong here, you just blow them off. Just because, like, nah. And like, that, that will right. actually come up in the uh, Final Destination uh, yeah. talk because, like, what is that? I'm saying I think something's wrong, and you're like, you're crazy. Like, wow, I'm so glad I chose you as a partner since you can't even kind of, like, stretch your imagination for half a second to believe me. So glad we got married. You don't even listen to me. What happened to us? Pretty much. <laughs> So, yeah, Intruder, I, I, I think I gave it like a two and a half out of five just because I, it was just lacking. I didn't really like the ending that much, too. Although I will say with all that being said, you know, it still had a good storyline and super, super good acting. And it was very creepy. Dennis Quaid, man. I've never seen him in a role like that. You know, I've seen him in like Yours, Mine, and Ours and like fucking frequencies and stuff like that or frequency and it's just like he just plays a normal guy but this he was super fucking weirdo man yeah no i thought he did a really good job and by the way just a side note um you know how in imdb it suggests other similar movies yeah what's it suggesting um the gay husbands of san francisco that's a movie i think it's a show okay uh whatever jumbo is it looks like some crappy animated movie uh, Gone But Not Forgotten, which involves two men laying together. Uh, <laughs> Juggalo Wanted. What are these movies? I think so. See, and that's the problem with IMDb with the recommended and the, uh, like, the top, you know, like, how an actor will have what he's famous for, he or she is famous for, like, the top four. It's a really weird algorithm they have, and I don't really think it works that well. Yeah, because... None not of those... Like, mo- not, not like, I mean, it's confusing because none of these have anything to do with gay culture. So I'm not entirely sure why they're recommending a lot of gay culture films. Yeah, there's nothing this. to do with that in Intruder. There's a lot at of all. straight people in this film. He was absolutely into the uh, the main actress. Like, yes, oh, and in man. a real, real, like, hey, stranger danger kind of way. Yeah, even, even if she didn't want to believe that certain things that the husband was saying, just the way he was looking at her and acting towards her. 
like, casually sniffing ah. her. Whatever. Okay, and I will. Okay, one more thing I want to say is there was a really good twist. If you remember the twist, do you remember? Yes. Yeah, the twist was fucking great. Yeah, I did not see that, that coming. I just thought he was like a weirdo who. Tr- they they really set it up to make you think one thing was going on, and then you found out what was really going on. You're like, ah, this is my nightmare. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Is I think like that same week, I actually read a story about a um a woman staying in a hotel, and this could be one of those urban legend things, but uh, like staying in a hotel, and um, she kept finding things in her bedroom, and she found out that there was some lady, like, who was just in her hotel room this whole time and they didn't even know. Well, way to give away the twist. Well, no, I'm saying like <laughs> where she was seemed physically impossible to be, but she was there. Yeah, that like is. She just, like the, she just kept thinking someone was breaking into her hotel yeah. room over and over again. It was really bizarre. Yeah, that is literally one of my nightmares. Uh, I don't nightmare. ever want to nightmare or frightmare. Anyways, yeah, so uh, overall, it was a pretty decent flick. I just thought it was missing. If it didn't have that twist at the end, it would have been like a two-star movie for me. But that twist, I was like, okay, they, they did do something pretty cool. But um, anything else you want to say on that one? Dennis Quaid... Uh Looks surprisingly ripped in the arms. <laughs> he really does. He like he, there's he's a sh- scene where you got no shirt on, and I was like, "Damn, Dennis Quaid, good for you!" Right? Like you're, you're, you're doing it. You're all you're pretty old, but you're looking pretty good, man. He's not that old. He's only um. <laughs> it's only um. It's a weird is. age. He was born in 1954. Oh, he's so six years older than seven years older than my dad. What is math? Um, here we go. I'm really good at math. Ready for this? He's 65 years old. Boom. Damn, that's even more impressive. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like he's pretty old, dude. So uh, good yeah, for nice him. Staring, at, starring in that stupid dog movie. Uh, yeah, I know that. No fucking, judgment, dumb as fuck. I, I'm so sidebar real quick. I know this has nothing to do with horror. I am so fucking sick of these fucking dog movies with like people voicing them over. Like, uh, what is that? A dog's journey. This isn't jer- Homeward Bound. We already did it. Like a dog's journey and a dog. F- fuck that shit. Oh my god. You know that fucking dog's gonna die at the end. Don't watch the movie. Hate these things. Anyways, moving on. Rant over. Next so movie. yeah, uh, Intruder. That was from this year. I don't think it's in theaters, and that had a oh, it was PG thirteen at an hour and forty two minutes. So I don't think it's in theaters right now. I didn't worth I, the watch. I, though. Yeah, worth the watch. Definitely, definitely, definitely worth the watch. Definitely, definitely not Rain Man. Um, okay, so let's move on to something that's technically not horror, but we did see on Thursday. I'll I'll let you take this because this is something you've been waiting on for ages. So take it away. Dark Phoenix! Oh, stop yelling. Sorry, Jeez, yelling. You are so fucking, like, tone it down today. You tone it You're down. so loud. Just making my ears bleed. Anyways, Dark Phoenix, take it away. Yep, Dark Phoenix, um, from what I understand, the final in the uh, first class X-Men uh, series. Really well done. I thought Sophie Turner did an awesome job. Um, they definitely threw in a few loops there. Nice way to tie up the story. Takes you into 92. So we were two during the events of this film. I was two, yeah. Um, I thought it was, when that came up, I thought they were just going to go there for a second and then move on. I was like, oh, no, we're just, we're living in 92. Got it. Yeah, you know what's funny is because I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, man, I would have been my goddaughter's age during the events of this film. That's weird thought. Yeah, you're super young. Teeny tiny baby. Teeny tiny baby. Um, anyway, so basically, 
the X-Men are no longer feared by men and they are helping out in situations where normal guys can't go in and do things, guys and ladies. And so they get sent to help a um, space shuttle. The Endeavor. The Endeavor, thank you. That is um, That had some so- sort of malfunction and it's just literally just spinning in a circle really fast in space. And so they're... They take what is that the Quinjet? I don't know what it is. You you're the X-Men X-Men expert. I don't they I'm take the, the expert. They, Jesus. They take the uh the ship that comes from underneath the basketball court up to there and I'm like, I don't know if we can go into space with that. And they're like, "No, nah, yeah, it's fine. Like it. We're going to do it anyway. It's fine." And we saw it in Dolby and that thing taking off and flying into space like the seats were oh fuck, dude. It, it was, was real cool. awesome. Um so anyway, so when they go up into space, they're saving all the astronauts and they encounter this odd you know, um, they said it was a solar flare, but it looks like this odd mix of like stardust and it looks real ethereal and real it's very, like wavy and stuff. Blobbity. <laughs> blobbity. There we go. That's blobbity. It. Blobbity. It looks blobbity, but yes. like in a sand kind of way. You know, uh, <laughs> Jesus. And um, so when it looks like it's going to attack the X-Men and all the astronauts while Jean Grey is still on the actual space shuttle, the Endeavor. Yeah, she's like kind um, of keeping it together while they rescue everyone. Yeah. Uh, she uses her telekinesis to pull it towards her, and while it should have killed her, it doesn't. And then that's when things get crazy because whatever that was is With- now like doing something inside her and releasing all this power in her because Jean Grey... Well, very low key in most of the movies, except for when she g- goes to Dark Phoenix. She is actually an incredibly powerful telepath and telekinetic. Sure, that's right. That's sure. She's very powerful psychic entity, and um, so you know, like they, I love when they just like let her go, let her go, and like let's see how strong she really is. And I thought they did a great job. I'm not going to talk about the villains because I didn't even know. It was very... The Dazzler. Oh, Dazzler the is Dazzler. in that for a hot minute. And um, that was really, really funny for me. Okay, but how funny would it have been if when she sucked all that stuff in, it did kill her, and then the movie was just over? Like, oh, no more Dark Phoenix. I'm sorry. That would have been a bummer. That wouldn't have been funny. <laughs> uh, never mind. Well, you said... Never mind. God, I wanted to say it when you were talking about it. Now it doesn't fucking make sense. Never mind. God. Okay. <sighs> Anyways... It was, uh, I liked it. I thought it was way better than I thought it was going to be, honestly. Like, people were uh, people were downplaying it before we went in to see it that night. And, oh, this is, like, the second worst X-Men next to uh, X-Men uh, Wolverine Origins. And it's just not that good. It could have been darker. And I guess they saw a different movie because I gave that shit four out of five stars. I thought that shit was solid. Yeah, they, they solid definitely, movie. there were some places where they could have easily pulled some punches and they didn't. Yeah, and there was a part of the movie where I did look at my phone and was like, okay, um, okay. it did drag a little bit. And then the third act comes in and completely fucks your life up. So be prepared for that if you see it. And I think a lot of that was because of um, Jean, like, because something's going on inside of her with that force that's now inside of her. And she's already really powerful, and now she's basically being overloaded with power, and and like she's got to deal with all these things she didn't know about her life that are now coming to the surface because, um, you know, things were hidden from her that are now being revealed. So, yeah. like they had to take the time for that emotional arc, or it, the story wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah, her character arc in that movie was 
like perfect. Yeah. You know, she went through a lot of shit internally to finally get to the end and realize what she had to do. And yeah, I once I saw the ending, I was like, okay, I'll let that slow part, quote unquote, you know, go by. Well, and even um, the director said that he used Logan as a reference. Um, Which I still need to see. God. So good. <laughs> but, like, they grounded it more in reality to, like, the best of their ability. They wanted it to feel more real, less like like a, like a Marvel film. Because Marvel films, you don't feel like you could be a man on the street in one of those. But, like, they wanted it to feel like you could see this taking place, like, much more low-key and the uh, superhero aspect of it. That's what uh, Spencer, my buddy Spencer, he was talking about how it felt like the most, this felt like the most human, like, X-Men movie, like, the most, like, humanized version of of X-Men. And uh, I can agree with that. I feel like you really, like, connected with a lot of the characters in this one. And uh, there was a lot of struggles between so many different characters throughout the movie. Then by the end, everyone, you know, obviously comes together. And that fucking moment when they all come together in that scene was so fucking epic. Really so was. Overall, it really builds up to a last, uh, I'd say a last good 30 minutes. And even before that, there's still a good few, a few good fight scenes and stuff like that. But nothing has compared to that ending scene and a for X for like uh, superhero movies. That was an epic last scene yeah, yeah. Re- like they really did a good job they did a great the, job for that with the wrapping it up so i don't know fuck fuck what you heard because i've seriously heard nothing but kind of bad things from it and i'm not sure why because it, it was seriously a really good time uh i recommend seeing an adolby if you can let's see if there's any fun trivia on this one yet oh god there's a lot of stuff that is way too long to read this is Jessica Chastain's first Marvel film. She previously turned down the roles for Maya Hansen and Iron Man. Jessica Chastain was in this movie? Who the fuck was she in this she movie? She was a white-haired girl. That's Jessica Chastain? See, when she doesn't have red hair, I'm always like, who the fuck are you? So that's cool. Yeah, she played the Dazzler, and uh, um, she did a really good job. I didn't know that that was her, but she did a really good job. No, not she wasn't Dazzler. She- you just said the white-haired woman. That's the Dazzler. Dazzler was the girl with the disco lights around her head during the party in the woods. You don't know who that is. Oh. I sh- what the fuck? I was talking to someone about the Dazzler, and I showed I showed him a picture. It was Mick at work. I was like, this one right here? Like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Don't believe Mick. Well, he should know. He's a f- he's like the biggest nerd I know. <laughs> no, that oh. was not. No, that's not her character name. Her character oh, name shit. was. So, yeah, okay. So, I was going to say, because if it was the chick, I was thinking the chick with the white hair, like the uh, main villain in that movie. I was yeah, like, that's who Jessica Chastain is. Okay. But I'm, her name I'm is fucking Vuk. lost. Okay, whatever. Never mind. I'm just, I don't know my shit, apparently. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's embarrassing. I'm, I, oh, I'm sorry. Anyways. Oh, shit. The third act was originally going to take place in space. After reshoots were completed, it was changed to a sequence where the X-Men, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of a spoiler. Okay, anyways. Wow. It so was going to be in space. It, it was supposed point. to be in space. That's fucking crazy. Holy shit. And apparently this sequel was announced three weeks before X-Men Apocalypse was released in 2016. So you've been waiting three years for this. So much time. I mean, I, I, it, I'm... I wish it could have come out sooner, but you know it was definitely worth the wait for you. I I assume because yeah. I I've only been waiting on this since you told me about it last year. I didn't even know this was announced three fucking years ago. Yeah, it was originally scheduled for November second because we were gonna go see it for your birthday, and then they're like, "Ah, eh, gotta do reshoots. We're gonna push this out to February." Oh, just kidding. We gotta push it out again. Got to go all the way to June. Like, okay, great. Right, you can stop it. Can you stop that? So, um, yeah, good stuff. Really like that. I guess we'll see when New Mutants comes out because. 
that's been pushed back like a thousand times as well. So I don't know. Apparently it's 2020 now. So whenever that comes out, I'm very excited for New Mutants and uh, Deadpool uh, or Deadpool. No, that's already out. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. You're up. Go ahead. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to say? No. Wow. You're really feeling good. <laughs> okay, so then let's move on to. So yeah, that was Dark Phoenix from this year. It was about an hour and 53 minutes. PG-13. And that is in theaters now. Go see it in Dolby. Now let's get on to uh, another different style of superhero movie. Oh, yeah, totally different. So, well, in the same vein, but much more graphic and bloody, we are going to talk about Brightburn today. And holy shit, my favorite of the year that I've seen for horror. Uh, everything, everything, every horror movie that I've seen has been good this year for the most part, but this definitely takes the cake. I gave it five stars. Um, because it was way more bloody than I expected. If you haven't heard about this one, it is basically what superhero man would be, superhero man. Wow. What Superman would be if he was basically killing people. In a nutshell, that's that's like the simplest thing I could say about it. Yeah, and what I really appreciate about this film is anytime a lot of that style of film, like a lot of ones where it kind of focuses on the um, the heroes as well as the villain, you, you kind of just expect them to... Um, play in favor of the heroes you know and i feel like they didn't do that this time they like everything you'd expect to happen doesn't happen yeah and everything you think they wouldn't cross that line they oh. run right across it they just like like speed dash past that yeah thing they fly across that line in this movie for sure um, yeah, no mercy is really the best way to describe that. Film. So yeah, uh, it's, it's just like Superman. You have something shooting down from space. You have uh, Elizabeth Banks and fuck. It's he's his name is. Hold on, I gotta look this up. His name is Roy. Roy yeah, Roy from the Office. Let me get his name real quick. But they find David Denman. There you go. So Elizabeth Banks, David Denman, a fantastic job in this movie, and even the kid Jackson Dunn. I'm not sure what else he's been in. I haven't seen him in. Oh, he was in Avengers. What? He was in Avengers Endgame? What? Oh, he was Scott Lang when he was 12. He oh was my in there for God. like half a second. Oh my God, that's right. Okay, and a bunch of other stuff. He's, he's in Glow. So yeah, he's definitely done things, a lot more than I thought he did. And they all did a fantastic job. So Elizabeth Banks, David Denman, find uh, Brandon. His name his, That's what his name is in the movie. They find him in the woods and they start raising him. He hits a certain, what was it, eight, is it 12 or is it 13? 13. Yeah, he hits, he hits a certain age. Uh, and then all of a sudden, just that's when something clicks in his brain and he just starts becoming this evil fucking kid, like super evil. And it's about his journey to figure out because, you know, eventually he finds out some things about himself, you know, that he's adopted. And it doesn't really go over too well with a kid that's got superpowers. And it's basically for him an internal struggle of figuring out why he's here. And uh, once he figures that out, that's kind of when shit starts going downhill and the uh, killings commence. And the kid just has no fucking mercy, no regrets, no remorse, nothing. Just murdering all these people basically with a smile on his face because that's just what he wants to do. Is, all right. So don't get in that kid's way, basically. Yeah, basically don't say no to him because he's a 13-year-old. And I think part of um, his aggressive transformation to being dark was partially because the ship was calling him like he's hit a certain age and oh, he's yeah. starting to like he's kind of linked to his own ship but also because at 13 not you don't necessarily have 
good concepts of right and wrong. I mean, like, yeah, you have concepts, but when you realize, but that part of that is because you you are you know you're less powerful than other people. You know right. that the the adults are in charge. But what happens when you have all this power and people are standing in your way and you're not happy? Um, suddenly, you don't feel like they have that power. You realize you've got more power, and um, I feel like they really played that up very well. And I love the way how he discovered his powers because he's mowing the yard. And the, the mower won't start. So he's yanking the chain, yanking the chain. And then finally, he yanks it so hard that he flings it up in the air about, like, I'd say 100 feet. And then it comes smashing down. And he's like, what the fuck? And it goes over there. And that's when you, that, from the trailer, when he sticks his hand in the mower and the mower blade just, like, wraps around his arm. And then he's like, oh, I'm strong. And that's when he realizes what kind of power he has. And, yeah, he definitely uses that shit to his advantage because he fucks some people up in this movie. Yeah, I thought they did a really, really good job with the uh, the kill scenes. There oh was actually God. a point where I thought I was going to throw up because they yeah. were not super uh, subtle with the kill no. scenes. In fact, they were very like, let's get a zoom in close up of this horrifying thing that's going on. Yeah, I'm sitting there in the movie theater and I hear you kind of like, I'm like, are you about to throw up? Because don't do it on me, please, God. Like, it was so, because basically you do see a lot of the kills in the trailer, but they go, I'd say, four steps beyond what you see because you see the kill and you're like, oh, okay. And then you see the aftermath of what actually happened and it was so fucking bloody. Way bloodier than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, people were complaining like, oh, well, all the kills were in the trailer. But, yeah, did you see all that blood? Did you miss all that blood and guts and all that shit? Because that wasn't in the trailer and that <laughs> fucking blew my mind. Pretty much. Pretty much. And I think you'll enjoy, by the way, that the school in that film was the Stranger Things school. It was Hawkins? Yeah. Oh. That's interesting. Yep. Did we uh, did we find out if Brightburn was an actual place? Because I remember I asked you to look that up when we got out, but I don't remember if we actually, like, said, is Brightburn an actual place in Wisconsin or whatever, wherever I'm gonna it was? I'm going to say no, it's not. <sighs> okay. I don't know. I was just curious. Oh, Yeah. Oh, okay, so the high school was uh, where they filmed it was in Georgia. Yeah, Hawkins Middle School for uh, Stranger Things season one and two. Awesome. Yep. Um, anything? Yeah, there's really no um, interesting trivia because it's a lot of spoilers, and I don't want to give you spoilers. I really want you to go see it and tell me what you think because yeah, this is another one that people are kind of just like, eh, it was okay. I don't know. False. I don't know what these uh, movies people are seeing because this one and Bright or this one and Dark Phoenix, I, they're so fucking good. Yeah, I thought they were really well done, well put together. I did too. And uh, you know, because sometimes when you have kid actors, you have that kid actor who just really sucks. And I felt like this kid was great. He did a really good job of acting like he didn't give a shit about killing people when he's actually confronted because they, you know, people find out that he's murdering people and then he's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> fuck, dude. No yeah, fucking regrets. Job, no regrets. Like being detached. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm very excited to see. I hope he kind of does more horror related things because I would love to see him in more things. So uh, that was Brightburn this year. Only about an hour and a half, too. So it's not not a, not a big commitment. And that is absolutely 100% rated R. So please go see that. Go not check with it out. children. I don't know why people brought children yeah. to that. That was not that, a kid's film. Is that the one that they brought kids? Or I thought that was that Ma that they brought kids in. Both. Oh, yeah. both. Okay, so it was both. Yeah, we're sitting there and I look over and this lady has two tiny infants, like children. I'm like, why are you bringing them to this movie? Which leads us into our next movie, which is Ma, which came out uh, a couple weeks ago. And again, another solid movie from this year. Do you want to go ahead and talk about that one since I, I took uh, Brightburn? 
Sure. Okay, go ahead. So Ma is basically a uh, girl and her mother moved to a small town, um, which you then find out the mother originally came from. Um, it's one of those nobody leaves this town, small towns. There's <laughs> nothing to do there. Like the kids' parents all grew up in this town. And she makes friends with these um, with this group of kids pretty much immediately. And they decide to go out drinking. Well, like kind of like a, well, the new girl's got to do something. Uh, scenario, they get her to get someone to buy alcohol for them. Because the guy totally failed. Yeah, because, uh, you know, racism is still alive and well. What? Because he was like a black guy and like the old white dude didn't want to help him out at all. I didn't get a racist vibe from that at all. What? He literally made a comment about it in the movie. I must have missed that. He literally said that's some racist bullshit. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. My bad. Continue. So anyway, <laughs> so um, that's when they bump into Octavia Spencer, whose name is Sue Ann, and they later call Ma, and they convince her to buy them some alcohol, and immediately she's doing some weird shit because um, the van he's driving has a security company name on it, like one of the kids, and then she looks it up and sees who the kid is and sees who the dad is, and... She starts trying to interject herself in these kids' lives and goes as far as inviting them to her home, into her basement, to party. Yeah, like, if y'all are going to drink, well, why don't you do it here where you're safe so I know so I know you're safe? Like, okay, weirdo. Yeah, right. and at first it all seems cool, but then she starts getting too attached and, like, wanting too much attention, and she's being very odd and will get angry at the slightest thing, and it... And it really escalates them there because they don't know what she's doing. Um, you know, they're they're lying to their families about where they're going. But everybody loves this woman. But the main girl is starting to see very early on that something is wrong with Ma. Don't make me drink alone. Don't make me drink alone. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, the main girl is uh, Dion Deanna Silvers. Her name's Diana. Diana. Di- what? I fucking it literally whatever. says Diana. Oh, God. Shut up. Anyways, she was in Glass. She was in uh, Booksmart, which we saw recently, which was really funny. So she's been in a lot of stuff recently, and uh, she did a great job. But she is the one who, yeah, is like, okay, I don't, I don't want to hang out at Ma's anymore. Weird shit's going down. I just, I don't want to do it. And they're like, no, again with the whole, I don't want to do this. Nah, it's fine. Oh my god, just listen to me. I'm telling you, shit's weird. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm telling and, you. Um, as soon as everyone else realizes something's weird about Ma. Uh, that's when Ma starts to get really aggressive, and that's when things start to go banana. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much too much more about this because it really does get the story gets really good. Like the plot definitely thickens at one point. You're like, oh, I see where this is going, and then there's that whole thing with what's actually going on in the house upstairs because you know they can only stay in the basement, which is super weird. They're not allowed in the actual house, and I thought it was gonna be like, oh, she was squatting there or something while people were out of town, but it turns out to be something totally different, totally fucked up, and then uh, it has a pretty uh, weird ending. But uh, I did I did like it because I thought it was like a super dark like twisted kind of ending. So oh yeah, uh, it's another good movie from this year. Uh, even from just May in general, May had a lot of good releases. I think I gave this one like four stars just because it was uh, it was honestly it was a lot more funny than I thought it was going to be. It was honestly more comedy, and then as it got as it went throughout the movie, it got more much more darker and darker. And then by the time you get to the end, it's it's not funny at all. So no, I did I, like that. I did. I think Blumhouse did a fantastic job. 
Yeah, I thought I thought they did a really good job at like for how much you see in the trailer. I I did not see a lot of things coming. Like they really geared it so you felt like it was going in one direction, and then they shifted it another way, which was really good because. Um, you know, for me, trailers have started to become this thing where you feel like they're just showing you everything. And I, that's what I thought with Ma. And they actually just made you believe you were seeing one thing and then they gave you something else. Yeah, they gave you a couple more things than they did from the trailer because there was that whole reason why Octavia Spencer was doing what she was doing. And then the whole thing with what was going on in the house. So, you know what? After she found out why, though, I was like, yeah, fuck it. That seems fair. Yeah, just, I, yeah. I mean, I'd stand behind that, I guess. It kind of makes sense. But. Yeah, I, I really see if they could if they could do trailers like that all the time, I'd watch trailers more. But the thing is, they either do it so well, and or they do it just like and they give everything away. So that's why I try not to watch so many trailers. But if they all the trailers were like Ma, I'd probably watch a lot more because they didn't give everything away. Ditto. And you really got a good sense of what you were getting into with the movie. So, yep, that was Ma from this year again. It was about an hour and a half. Another one that's rated. Actually, from now on, everything that we're talking about is rated R. <laughs> and that one uh, is still in theaters now. So that was uh, basically that was our pre-talking about movies before we get into the main topic of the hour or the whatever podcast. I'm having a hard time with words today. I'm super tired. We've been working a lot this week. Many, many hours. So many hours. So yeah, the main, main topic today is Final Destination. We're going to blow through all five movies today. Tell you our favorite scenes, tell you our favorite uh, pre our premonition scenes, and, and basically give you a rundown of every single movie because we hadn't seen the fifth one, or you did, or and you no, forgot. No, I, I knew what was going to happen because I had read something about it, but I completely forgot right. about it. I didn't even remember until literally it was happening, and I was like, like, "Oh, oh my, my god!" god. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and uh, get into the first one. I'll let you take the first one because uh, number two is my favorite. And I want to talk about that. So why don't you, why don't you, why don't you take it away with number one, a, a classic. Okay, Final Destination one, the OG. Um, <laughs> has Devon Sawa, who was basically known for this, and um, he played Casper when Casper becomes human, spoiler alert, in the Casper movie. Um, Ali Larder, who is arguably the most famous person from that movie. Uh, not Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, and other actors. Oh, wait, sorry. Sean William Scott is in that, and he was also, I'd say, marginally you're forgetting close. like a huge actor right now and it's kind of making me sad are you talking about tony todd yes yeah um <laughs> he's, he's only famous in certain circles so well he's he's definitely famous in the horror circle which is what this is right here this right here it's a circle of horror 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 not horror oval shaped but okay whatever so yeah. anyway so in this film, a group of students are going on a trip to Paris as a like a senior trip, a um, you know, a trip abroad for high school. Which you know, I never fucking got the invite to that trip Same. in high school. Never had that as um, a thing. Apparently, we had a senior trip. I was not notified. It's been ten years. I'm still bitter. You're not cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so on their way to get on the flight, the uh, main guy whose name is Alex in the film, starts kind of seeing little odd things here and there, and he's not really sure what they're about. But when he gets on the flight, um, you know, everyone gets settled in. They take off, and then the plane crashes, and everybody dies. Like, an engine blows. It just carnage. Um, Low-key 
for this particular film. Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> for this film series, this one was low-key. But um, then he wakes up and realizes it was all a vision, and he starts to freak out while he gets himself and several other people thrown off the flight, which then takes off and blows up just like in his vision. Bum, bum. Bum. And uh, now that they think that the horror's over, they think they were lucky and survived. Well, death is wrapping back round because it needs to collect all of its people. Which is so weird because I've always wondered why have the premonition in the uh, to begin with? Because if you're just if death is just gonna come after you anyways, like what was the fucking point of that? Just to get off to die later? I've never understood the whole like reasoning behind this movie. I love the movies. I'm just like, like why? Well, I've also thought <laughs> like, that too, like, but I. I appreciate that, at least for um, three of them. <laughs> well, sorry, four of them, okay, not counting gonna... number four, because yeah. number four, they did not do anything we'll, new. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll, to we'll that We'll one. get to that. But for at least four of them, they did attempt several different methods for trying to beat death, which is funny, because like you know you're going to die someday anyway. Um yeah. Which is, it's going to happen. Death is inevitable. Just uh, like taxes. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. Um, spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler sorry. alert. We all die. <laughs> um, but like this one is the original, and they figure out that if they if someone prevents your death, like someone intervenes, then it skips you, and they're like, okay, so we've got to, everybody's got to stop everybody's deaths, <laughs> and then we'll survive, and it'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. We'll be good. Um. And I, I really did enjoy it. I thought they had some really fun deaths in there. Are we gonna break down the ones we liked? Or are we gonna save that for the end? Well, yeah, we're, let's talk about all of them. Well, like well, while we're talking on each one, we can talk. Like I want to tell you my favorite death from that one. You know, and like you can tell, and like the the precog scene was the airplane, obviously. And um, we'll discuss who the, what the favorite precog scene is at the end. Yeah, yeah. And once we say all of them, so this one only had I think about five deaths total. Because once death starts coming back around, they don't realize it's coming back around until, I think until um, Terry gets hit by the bus. Because the first death is the guy in the bathtub when he slips and then the thing strangles him and he ends up choking himself to death. And they're like, oh, that's shitty. And then Teresa gets hit by a bus and they're like, okay, wait a second. And then they start connecting the dots of, okay, so we're dying in the order that we would, ha would have on the plane. Okay, now I got to go try and save Miss Valerie, our teacher. And that, but that's, my, that's why I'm getting to that because that's my favorite death in that movie is when Alex goes to save Miss Val and her, the computer explodes in her face. Then she falls on something, sets something on fire. And Don't then forget that something also cut her throat when the computer blows up in her face. Yeah, like there was so much happening in that one. There's computer starts to the face, <laughs> kitchen knives falling into her chest, uh, her house is on fire. Alex tries to come save her, tries to pull the knife out, puts his fucking fingerprints on the knife like a jackass. So then they end up blaming him later. And then while he's trying to save her, a chair hits the knife and just, like shoves it down. I'm like, that is just the shittiest way to go. Talk about like there's so many things that are happening. It's not just like oh you got hit by a bus. No 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 no. You're gonna have like five different things happen to you before you actually die. Yeah, it's like <laughs> some people just kind of die. Like everybody else kind of dies in like one fell swoop, and they're yeah. like, no, we need to murder the shit out of you. <laughs> we need to drag this one out. And so that was my favorite one. And then you have Sean William Scott getting completely decapitated at his jawline, which was probably the most. Uh, 
Like, I don't know. That was definitely the most, the most crazy kill. It's like, oh, his head is... Go- oh, shit. I'm sorry, buddy. That's See, a, that's a shitty way to go. My favorite in that one was honestly Terry getting hit by the bus because you just didn't see it coming. It was literally so just, and it happened. Like, ah! I mean, I knew something was going to happen because I was like, okay, you're standing in the middle of the street and you know, like, you know, you guys are kind of like uh, weirded out about people dying and then just like, yeah, but like, bam, out of nowhere. It's like, oh shit, you're, you're, oh wow. Okay. Well, yeah. And Sorry it's about that, Terry. Funny because like every time someone talks about death in these movies and starts talking about how they're not going to be held down by death, <laughs> they die. <laughs> uh, so that's your favorite, and then we talked about yeah. And then you have okay. Then you have see. It's weird because I'm I have a list here, and it says that like okay. So it says name, you know, Miss Val, how she died, and who killed them. You know, obviously death. And then I've got one that says death. Car exploded with electric wire, and Alex Browning is the killer. So I didn't get that. Like Alex, Alex killed death in that one scene with the wires and the cars. Yeah, I guess uh, they're trying to be metaphorical, and that he stopped death. I guess. You can't really kill death. Exactly. I don't don't think. And uh, then you have, of course, the death at the end where uh, Carter gets hit by that uh, swinging sign after they've flown flown somewhere. It's like, oh, okay. So there's only five deaths in this one, uh, which is really low-key compared to the rest. But, yeah, I really love what this did for the genre in the 2000s because horror in the 90s, but, you know, besides, like, Scream and a couple other franchises – Horror in the 90s is just not good. You don't really have, you know, you have Candyman and uh, Child's Play 2 from like 1990, I believe. I think they came out that year. And then you have Scream. But then like nothing really else that year is noteworthy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then even you. in the even in the early 2000s, it's kind of just like, uh, you got cheesy. Yeah, cheesy. So I love what this it kind of reinvented the, I almost want to say slasher. Because I know it's technically supernatural and because it's death and you're getting killed by an unseen force, but it is like death is the killer and he's basically murdering people. So I don't know. I, I, I view it as almost like a slasher in a way. Yeah, and no, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I like it because um, there really isn't technically a killer. Like you said, exactly, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's just death coming for you um, in these incredibly bizarre ways. And... And I like that they established in the first one that you cannot escape death. Like, they think they defeated it, and then they're like, I'm sorry, guys, spoilers. It's been years. You should have seen it by now. Yeah, we're going to spoil um, I'm going to spoil everything besides uh, the fifth one, just because I the twist at the end blew my fucking, it. yeah, blew my head worth off. Worth it. Um, but I, I really like how they're like, no, you really can't escape death, because basically all you did was delay it, because it's just going to keep coming back around for you. Yeah, so if you if you miss it this time, it's going to kill everybody else, and then it's just going to be like, yep, okay, we're back at you. And uh, yeah, because it says it's like a couple months later when, and that's what I've never understood about after watching them this week, it's like, okay, they think it's over and death is gone, but then like it's always like two months later or like two weeks later or something like that, and then death comes back. So I've always wondered why the big gap. I, like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's been two months. Okay, now we're going to start killing people again. Lower their defenses, what? obviously. What? Lower their defenses, obviously. I mean, I guess you got to keep them on their toes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you got to, you know, you don't want them on their toes. You want them totally unaware that it's coming. True. Okay. So um, yeah, Final Destination. It was uh, that was that was from 2000, and uh, it really I think it really kind of pushed the genre in a good direction, just because there really hadn't been anything like that before. Something like this with the dynamics of oh, death is coming for you. We have to try and defeat like cheat death. I 
to my, I haven't seen anything like that until this movie. No. I'm probably I'm sure there's something similar that I haven't seen because I haven't seen a lot of stuff, but I really felt this was such a good original storyline and it really helped spur a lot of well, you know, it spurred four more movies obviously that we're going to talk about and it just felt like it pushes genre in a good direction. Um is there anything else you want to say about the first one? Do we want to try and find any fun facts or anything? Or? Uh, I don't think there was much. In, I mean, there shouldn't have been much in the way of uh, trivia. Oh, well, like I will say, okay, so uh, I will say that Alex does survive and Ali Larder does survive at the end of that movie. So you do have two survivors from that that do go into the second movie. What are you laughing at over there? Yeah, <laughs> uh, so sorry. The first trivia is Kerr Smith and Sean William Scott both took Dramamine for the plane crash scene, so they were both half asleep while they were filming those. Oh. So that's why you don't see them up close. Oh, here's a fun one. The story was originally the concept for an abandoned X-Files uh, 1993 television script, which was inspired by Soul Survivor of 1984. Oh, that's interesting. That's pretty cool. Um... Yeah, I, I probably should have looked at the. There's so many. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, and another little thing about that is they all start hearing that song, right? Don't oh, yeah, the uh, the Colorado song. Yeah, the Colorado song. So they hear that song, and they know that death is afoot. I so like that they out. keep changing the song for how you know. Like, the first two, they have the same song. Yeah. And then in the other ones, they pick new songs. Oh, here's a cool one. Clear's, by the way, Allie Larder's name in this movie is called, she's called Clear Rivers. We thought I, her name was Claire Rivers. I thought it was Claire Rivers, and then we looked on IMDb, and it's Clear Rivers. Wow, that is the weirdest, cheesiest, uh, all right. Um, Clear's cabin is the same cabin seen in Lake Placid, 1999. That's nice. cool. Uh, That's fucking awesome. I think this is crazy because John Denver, who sings that Colorado song, died in a plane crash. Oh, shit. That's probably why they used it, I bet. Yeah. That probably makes the most sense. So yeah, there's some there's some fun trivia. There there honestly there's so much and a lot of these trivia um like a lot of, a lot of the trivia on IMDb is just so lengthy and uh, I don't like to read all that shit. <laughs> In South Korea, the film is simply titled Destination. <laughs> Way to go, Korea. You did it. <laughs> all right, let's move on to uh, number 2. Yeah, uh, Final Destination. If you haven't seen it, I mean it's a pretty famous movie. I feel like everyone should have seen it at this point. So if you haven't, go check it out. All of these are on Netflix besides the last one. So good for you if you haven't because one, two, three, and uh, technically four, but for some reason four is called The Final Destination. I, don't, I, I thought they. I think they thought it was going to end there, and then they realized they made a shitty film yeah, and they, they should yeah. do it again. Oh, yeah. They made – yeah. That's probably exactly what happened. So let's move on to two. Final Destination two is from 2003. Uh, and this is my favorite of the franchise because of the opening scene, not just because of the opening scene, but you have the opening scene of the log truck where, can you grab the names for me of the people? Um, yeah, I already have them. Oh, cool. So what's the, the main, the main actress? Uh, it looks like it is AJ Cook. That's her name like in real life. Yes. I IRL. What's her name in the movie? Oh my God. Kimberly. Kimberly. Yeah. So you have her and a bunch of her friends going to, uh, somewhere in Florida. I remember them saying, like, Tampa. Going to Daytona, Daytona Beach. Okay, stop yelling at me. Like, you're so fucking loud today. God. Mean. Don't look at me like that. Anyways, they're going to Daytona Beach for, I don't know why you'd want to go there, but that's where they're going, and they're all in the car, and they're going down, I think it's 95, and uh, a log truck, they see a log truck go by them, and they start going, and, of course, mayhem 
it like happens and all the logs fall off the truck and start murdering people in the craziest ways. Uh, I think my favorite kill from the pre premonition scene is definitely the log that just plows straight through that cop's car and just completely obliterates him goosh, into a thousand yeah. people. He's goosh, yeah. And, uh, you know, people are dying. It's crazy and blood and guts. And then, you know, that's, she realizes, oh, shit, that was a vision. And then, of course, she pulls off the road, blocks traffic. The cop comes over there and is like, you need to move. She's like, no, everyone's going to die. Ah. Of course, everyone dies in a huge explosion and logs and blood. And uh, everyone in line, of course, is freaking out. Like, you know, we need to go. We need to go. But once they see the explosion, they're like, oh, okay, cool. I guess, I guess we're good over here. And after all that happens... She's sitting there crying, you know, Kimberly's sitting there crying because, like, she, she, everything she saw just came true. But you see a semi in the background heading straight for her, and the cop grabs her, moves her out of the way. But sadly, the the, the semi just plows right into the car and murders three of her friends immediately. Well, so. they kind of sucked anyway. He, so I'm well, yeah, they, they were kind of, so yeah. Douchey. So murders the shit out of all of her friends, which is definitely different because she is the only survivor in her group of friends as opposed to the first one where you had uh, you know a bunch of friends that survived so she's basically by herself now without all her friends and all these strangers that also survived of course they mention the first one and they say you know oh this is kind of similar to what happened before with flight 180 that guy saw the plane explode and then death started coming for him and of course there's a lot of naysayers like ah that's not gonna happen it's like really bitch because it did fucking just happened you don't think that could possibly be what's happening here again what i thought was funny about that was that was another case of oh um i don't believe you even but in this case uh the cop literally presented that idea to her, and then when she went with it, he's like, this is my fault for doing this to you. Like, you fucking thought of the idea. Like, what? You're like, what are you talking about? They're like, that's crazy. You came, it's your, it was your idea. It was definitely your idea. So, the, you know, the story at that point follows Kimberly and the ragtag group of people that survived that. And, of course, death starts coming for them one by one by one. Starts murdering the shit out of everyone. And uh, Tony Todd returns this time. And he's actually top build. Uh, he's the third top build. Because he's the coroner in all these movies. And he's, like, got that creepy, really voice. And it's just like, oh, death is inevitable. And blah, blah, blah. So, eventually, Kimberly seeks help. She goes and finds Allie Larder, who has uh, committed herself to an insane asylum, as I probably would at that point, too, just to keep myself safe, because Alex has died in, uh, like, a... a off-screen. Yeah, off-screen yeah, off deaths. Like, really? You can't even bring him back in? Whatever. So, technically, or not even technically, Clea Rivers is the only survivor from the first movie now, because everyone else has died. She's in the mental institution. It's only been a year, by the way. Yeah, it hasn't been a very long time. It actually, it was a year to the day when that crash happened on 95 as to when uh, Flight 180 happened. So they happened on the same day. And uh, Kimberly goes to get her help. She says no at first. And Kimberly's like, fuck you. I don't believe what you're saying. This can't be happening and leaves. Well, eventually, I guess, Allie checks herself out, comes to help her and the cop. The cop, I think, yeah, Thomas Burke, his name is, oh, it's Michael Landis? Oh, shit. Oh, cool. He's been, he's been in stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just know the name. I don't know what he's been in. So... Once Allie gets out of, or I guess she checks herself out because, you know, she was there voluntarily. voluntarily. Um, they start putting the pieces together and, and figuring out who's going to be dying next. And they crank up the kills in this one like tenfold. The, the, the deaths in this are so much bloodier, so much more brutal. I think there was a total of, I think there was a total of 11 deaths. Or there was 12 deaths in this one as opposed to five from the first. 
and they are. Do you want to do which one was your favorite? Ooh, man. I can list. Some, I can um, list some off if you want me to. No, I I think my favorite was the um, the chain smoking chick in the car. Now, oh, yeah. <laughs> because she gets stuck in a car, and a uh, log goes through the side of her car, so her legs are stuck in, and a pole goes through the back of her chair, but it misses her. It's like this jagged edged pole. It's a PVC pipe that just. Pew. Yeah, and she she knows she's just like sitting there smoking, like waiting to be cut out. And apparently the most inept firefighter in existence, like, jams the jaws of life repeatedly into the part of the car that would trigger the fucking airbag. Like, it baffles me that that happened. I'm like, is this your first day ever yeah, being a firefighter? Was. Because why are you in charge of that? Or, like, like, tell her to move her head to the side in case that the airbag, you know, went off. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, like, any of the safety measures. I love that most of these films feature faulty equipment and people who are not so great at their job and that's why people are dying yeah death really relies on the faulty equipment for sure pretty pretty much and so the airbag immediately like just pops in her head goes right back into the pvc pipe you're just like fuck yeah i love that they they're like okay this didn't kill her but you know it got close to killing her oh but wait no just kidding it's gonna kill her in a jk to- yeah, it does. just jk so it was like a red herring but it was like oh no no no, that was that was that was what's gonna what was gonna kill her um, okay, my favorite death from that one, I, uh, it's, it was really hard to pick because there was so many. I am a fan of the ladder kill just because it was so well-crafted. Because um, if you're watching him, <laughs> shit just goes down. Because he starts cooking, he puts oil in the pan, then puts some fish sticks in there. Like, wow, that is a... Psychopath. That is a, that is a nutritious meal right there. And then he drops, drops something in his garbage disposal and then, of course, goes to get it, but his huge new gold watch he has, because he also won the lottery a couple days before, gets stuck in there. So while his hand is stuck, you have the frying pan that gets like lit on fire because he's got a gas stove and it lights the oil on fire. So that starts getting in flames, and he starts panicking, eventually rips his arm out, tries to put the flames out, doesn't succeed, <laughs> opens the, or no, he goes to open the window, but they all shut because, you know, death is after him. Breaks the window, goes outside, gets down the fire escape, then slips on the spaghetti that he threw out the window earlier, and then, bam, ladder to the eye. I was like, that was well-crafted. I like that one. Yeah, I like that it almost hits him in the eye, and then yeah. he sits there and yeah. waits for it to fall some more into his face. It drops like two or three inches above his eye, and he's like, oh, wow, let me not move. Let me just Or mar- not let me put my hands up yeah. just in case. Like, and then just, bam. So I like that one because it was very well crafted, but I also really like the barbed wire kill because it was, it just was unexpected. You're just sitting there, an explosion happens, and then barbed wire shoots from across from one place to another and just cuts that guy in like three different places. And I was like, oh shit! Like when I first saw that, like when it first came out, I was like, oh my god, there's like body parts. Oh, that sucks, dude. Sorry about that. That was a cocaine addict. <laughs> it's like, okay, bro. Um, and then, yeah, those are my two favorite. Most bonkers kill. What do you think? Like, most just batshit crazy kill. Oh, man. I got to think about that. That Mine's got to be the crushed by glass one. Yeah, but that was pretty. It, it, fucking so bonkers because he's just walking, glass falls, and then just, that was a real practical effect. Just blood everywhere. And I was like, oh, that poor child. Yeah, I like that they made him older because it seemed wrong to kill a younger kid. Yeah, you gotta make him a certain age. Killing like a like an eight or nine year old's like that's a little fucked up. But that was my most bonkers kill for that one. Yeah. Um, Let me start. I can read some off for you if you want. No, I don't need you. I I just I agreed with you. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you had another one. No. Yeah. I did like the uh, exploding uh, grill though. That was pretty good at the end. Yeah, I like how they um, 
So like in this one, their attempt at defeating death is new life, which apparently is just yeah. like, oh, if you resuscitate someone, then that will count. Like that doesn't. Or if you have I a mean, baby. Sure. Tony Todd said if you had like a baby, that would new life for your life. And that's where the story kind of lost me. I was yeah, like, it was like, uh... I don't see how that baby because they originally assumed the baby didn't survive the crash either, but it turns out she wasn't even part of that crash. They find out at the last fucking second. Well, yeah, the, there was a pregnant lady that was in line at the beginning of the movie, just in, for, for, for people who haven't seen it, and they're they're trying to say that that baby will save everyone. Like, what? She, like, yeah, what? and then they're like, and then they're like, resuscitation. I'm like, I don't think that's going to work either, but okay, sure. Um, yeah, or Ali Lauder, like, I think it was kind of bitchy for Kimberly to, like, guilt clear into coming out of the uh asylum whatever because uh she was perfectly alive in there yeah she was doing fine in there and then you know came out and then uh you know died sadly died in that well because they think they beat it they think they beat death and that's when clear goes into the hospital room to uh to see one of the guys that has been you know almost died from death and uh, that's when she opens the door. Well, I'm saying died by death. You know what I mean? Like died to he died, died to by, death. Died from death. From death. Whatever. It's hard to explain. Death by death, death. by death. And she opens the door, and then that's when uh, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but an explosion happens, and she gets burnt. That scene was awesome. Just like completely melted, just skin and skeleton. I was like, dead. wow, dead. Well, they also establish in it, which I I did actually like the whole twist that each person that had survived the crash wasn't even supposed to be there anyway. Like, they had already cheated death once because, like, um, the the one guy who was a teacher left school two days before a kid came in and stabbed a teacher because he had to go replace a different teacher. Oh, and it turned yeah. out that teacher was on the plane that crashed. And, um, like, the main girl missed dying by, by being hit by a car with her mom because she was um, delayed watching the news about the plane crash. Like... Everybody cheated death in some way because people, the people who'd survived from the plane crash caused um, like a ripple out, like what they did. Oh, and the one woman uh, didn't make it to a um, B&B that had a gas leak where everyone died because a girl got hit by a bus at, that she was on on her way to the B&B. Yeah, they're all in the car and they start realizing that they, yeah, like you said, they've all cheated death and then they realize it's all been linked to the... Flight 180. So it's like, that's why I also like two the most because it kind of expands the story a little bit and you realize that one and two are pretty much responsible for each other. So they realize that death is coming to tie up all the loose ends since there was, instead of just the people on the plane surviving, these people also also survived over here. So it's like, ah, I got to kill all these people to wrap this up and make sure that everything is even. And uh, I really like that. But yeah, the whole uh, new life and resuscitation, that's where it eh, kind of lost me and eh, whatever. But that's really the only thing I didn't like about that movie. Everything else was great. The kills were well-crafted. I thought the story kind of went deeper. And uh, that's why that one is my favorite because, uh, you know, it's just bonkers. Just yeah. a good movie. That was a good time. And that's the one I've seen the most too. Out of all of them, I've watched that one over and over just because I like it so much. So again, that was Final Destination Two, also on Netflix. You can check that one out, and uh, I will uh, flip it over to you for number three. Yeah, and three was previously my favorite, but now I'm feeling I have some strong feelings about five some now. Str- yeah, so. very strong feelings about but five. But three, I really liked because they um, they updated it a little bit. So this time the the add-on is that 
the uh, main girl. It's like a senior night at like an amusement park carnival situation. And the main girl is like the photographer for the yearbook, which seems kind of odd that they're doing that so late in the game. But right. <laughs> um, and so she's taking pictures, her best friend and her best friend's boyfriend and um, her boyfriend are all going to go on this roller coaster with several other people from their class. And so when they go on, she has a vision that the whole thing crashes and the death scenes in that aren't particularly crazy, but like the idea of a roller coaster crashing, like terrifying. Um, Yeah. That's, that was my whole issue with the premonition scene. Like they had such an awesome idea with like roller coaster breaking, and then they resorted to having three people just fall. For, like when it went upside down and got stuck, they just had like three people fall. And I was like, "See, I thought they really? made up for it with premonition number two. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying they had such a good idea, and then they just kind of I just I don't know I just feel like it felt short, but that's just me. But Sorry. so anyway, so she gets them to let her off the ride because she starts freaking out right before they hit the button to <laughs> let them go. Except it lets everyone off except the front half of the coaster. Like, it lets the back half people off, and all those people get kicked off after they get into some sort of fisticuff situation. Fisticuffs. Jesus. And um, so her boyfriend and her best friend are literally on the front row because she was too scared, so her best friend's boyfriend was riding with her in the back. So they all got kicked off, and while they're being escorted out of the ride, weirdly enough, the whole fucking thing crashes. It's weird. I didn't see that coming at all. No, I thought and, maybe um, this one would be different. They would do something different. No. So it's been some time, and uh, it's like they're they've already graduated. Like it's just after the graduation and all that. Um, and she starts looking through the pictures, and after two girls die, she starts to realize that the photos she took are hints about who die, or like how people are gonna die. So then she and her um, best friend's boyfriend work together to try to stop the deaths before they happen because they also think that um, if they can go through the method of uh, stopping the deaths before they happen and skip somebody, then that'll save them. And it kind of goes back to the old one where it's like, oh, if we just get it to skip, it'll be good. But the added bonus this time was that they also had to try to interpret these photos to figure out what it meant. Yeah, because the first two girls die in the tanning salon, which was uh, just a fucking crazy scene in itself. And uh, that, I think that's my favorite one just because of how shitty it is to be burned alive and also be cut up by glass. Just like just the thought of that and how they were, you know, they got locked in. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably my favorite or most bonkers one for me. So after they notice that they both die, then, yeah, they, they see... The next couple of photos, like one has like a knife by the guy's head. So like, oh, he's probably going to die by a knife or something. And they try to go save him. And no, he dies by something totally different. So it's like they're almost the deaths in this one. I like because there's a lot of red herrings. Like you think it's going to be one thing, but then that thing causes the thing that actually kills them. And yeah, I thought that open was, to interpretation. Yeah, I thought that was kind of clever. And I also like the added whole the whole added like they see they're looking to try and figure out in the picture how they're going to be murdered. So that was kind of a new aspect of like, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to to the story. They're, sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm really out of it. I guess today, it's just a new aspect to the story that they brought in. That was something a little different as opposed to doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. Cause in previous films, it'd just kind of be like, they'd get a flash of something or like, um, and the first one, 
left a uh, piece of a magazine, hits a fan, and then the word Ted comes, or like is cut out of the magazine, and he's like, oh, it's my friend Ted's in danger. Like, basically, there are like these tiny hints, and this time it's like, now we've got these photos, we've got to figure out what they mean. And that was uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's most famous, I'd say, for probably Ramona Flowers. In, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus the world, and she was also in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, and I, I did like this one. Um, definitely wasn't my favorite, but I did like it for what they did differently in this film. I will say that, oh my God, was it Frankie Cheeks or whatever his name was? The, the ball. Sh- God, he was such a. Anybody that wears, what kind of hat is that? Like that conductor's hat or whatever that is? Oh, uh, that like Moby hat? Yeah, that Moby hat where it's got like the little clip in the front. Fucking anybody who wears that, God problems <laughs> hated him so much and he, that was actually that was my favorite kill from the movie when they were in line at the fast food place the truck that giant moving truck hits another truck and then the engine just fucking shoots out and just starts mutilating his head i was like ah, ha, ha, thank god you died i hated your face see i like the guy in the gym's death because they that kept was like crazy you kept thinking oh there's so many things happening and they're kind of like heightening the tension with all these guys like shouting and yelling and making loud noises and the girl's like oh god there's like so many things and then they just come out of left field with you just didn't expect what they did to him and they squished his head with some weights that was was awesome crazy because like yeah like i mentioned earlier when they were looking at that picture of that that certain character they saw the they saw the sword so they're like oh okay and then they see the swords above him while he's working out and they're like that's fucking it because they're like moving and stuff which is kind of weird that they'd you know, they think have, those would be more. You think they'd be more secured. So eventually, they swing down and they cut the wires that hold up the weights. So when he goes to lift the weights, it's just bam and just it's like, oh shit, that was gory as fuck. Yeah, and it's I, crazy. I really love the use of uh, practical effects in the earlier ones. We'll get to four in a minute. Oh um, by the way, side note: Mary Elizabeth Winstead is apparently going to be in the. Um, that Birds of Prey Harley Quinn movie that's supposed to be oh, coming out. Okay. She's going to be the Huntress. Cool. So that should be fun. Oh, with you and McGregor's in that too. Wow. Down. Down Sweet. for that. Sold. So yeah, my favorite kill was definitely the engine kill. I feel the most bonkers one was probably the tanning salon just because of, God, being burned alive. Oh, no. Pass. Pass on that. Being burned <laughs> alive and drowned. No. Good. And uh, there, I think there was 10 total kills in this one. And I, I did feel, okay, like I know... All the kills in, mo- in these movies are pretty far-fetched to begin with. But I really feel this one kind of was like pushing the limits on even what I would consider to be like to happen. Did in it these- push it more or less than four? Well, I'm, okay. No, four was well, – I'm not even considering that in the realm of these movies. I, that's that's when I'm going to block out because it was, it was that bad. But yeah. I'm just saying like that whole forklift scene in, in three – I was just like, oh, this is just like pushing it a little too much for me. Although the OSHA is going to be pissed. Like, seriously, where are your safety precautions? My God. So, but the uh, the nail gun scene though was awesome. Like you know, you she like put her hand up to block something, and the nail gun face fit. Like oh oh no, that's bad. But there was just some kills. I was just like, eh, I felt like they were pushing it a little too far. But a lot of them were clever at the same time. So, eh, very weird line I'm writing here. I know. Um, but yeah, I did I did enjoy that one. And then we get to four. Ugh. Do you even want to talk about this one? <laughs> you want to talk about how bad it was? You're supposed to talk about it. No, I know. I'm just at, oh, God. We have to talk about it because they need to know what they did wrong. Okay. Yeah, so Final Destination 3, 2006. That is also streaming on Netflix. And uh, yeah, Final Destination, uh, excuse me, The Final Destination. Not even Final Destination 4. The Final Destination. 
Uh, okay. So we start at a uh, like a what, what was it McKinley Raceway or whatever. Yeah, they subtly call everything McKinley. McKinley, yeah. So it's obviously taking place near the same town or whatever. So all the kids are at a NASCAR crash. Of course, the pre or NASCAR race. The precog scene is this just insane crash of like blood and guts and tires hitting people in the face and boards going through people's heads and engines and fucking people getting sliced in half and. It would have been cool if we could have seen it in 3D because when you see a movie in 3D that has shitty CG, it kind of masks how bad the CG is since it's in 3D. But since we didn't see it in 3D, you can really tell how bad the CG was. I saw it in 3D. It still sucks. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying like the quality of the CG would be a little bit better. Because that's, you know, 3D is good for that. So since we didn't see it in 3D, you can really tell how awful. Like, yeah. it went from practical, because, like, most of the kills in 1, 2, and 3 are, are practical. Obviously, they can't do practical kills on a fucking roller coaster. But for the most part, they're practical. And in this one, it was just all CG. What are you laughing at? Sorry, the, the mom in this one, her name in the film is MILF. Oh, wow. Perfect. I'm not even kidding. That's what it says I, right here. I believe you. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, uh, and I, I liked what I liked the premonition scene, the precog scene, because it, what the fuck? I mean, you have engines flying out of cars and just smushing people, and someone got sliced in half by a hood. So it was fucking epic and bloody as hell. But uh, there was so much CG, and it was from 2009, so it really showed, and it kind of just took me out of all of it. The only kill that I really enjoyed from that scene is when they re after they realized that he had a premonition and they all escape is the tire flying over the stadium, which, first of all, never happened. Like, in a million, no tire's going to fly that high. It flies all the way over the stadium, hits the girl, and just completely rips her in half, and then they go to the body on the ground, and it's a, you know, it's a practical effect. But I was like, okay, that was good. But all the other ones from that premonition scene were just like, oh, man, it just looks so bad. So then we get into what happens next. And I feel like, did they, I, I can't remember, did they reference anything from 1, 2, and 3 in this one? Like, did they reference Flight 180? I, I don't remember. I, just, I, I, I don't think they directly reference it. I think they vaguely mentioned that it might, stuff like this might have happened before. Um, but they attempt no real, like, way to defeat death they just try to stop people from dying that's, yeah. that's it there, there's no like mystery solving here it's like ah if we just stop you from dying again um done yeah and i feel they were they it's, it's just low budget so, on the actors low budget on the actors be, and then like low budget on even like the writing and script because someone will be like i think death's coming for everyone and then someone's like you mean you mean to say death is coming for everyone like that that's what i just like what why are you repeating Bitch, what are I, you deaf like are you yeah so i did i just felt like the dynamic of the group of actors or the group of kids in that movie was just fucking awful and plus you have douche magoo um with the blonde hair. Oh, my God. I fucking hated him so much. Yeah, the characters got really, like, just, they were just stereotypical. Yeah, they had this. And it just it didn't work because you have to actually like the characters for to want them to live. And I didn't particularly care if anyone survived this film. Yeah, there was no connection with anyone because they were either too stupid or too douchey. And I just, I really felt like this one fell way past the curve on these movies like it's just it's just i gave it i think a one and a half star and that was only because the the practical kills that they had were good but the story was absolutely shit i mean at one point he's having a premonition in the premonition like what the fuck no 
And there was so many premonitions in this movie. Like every five seconds, he's having a premonition. And it's that really, really just noticeably bad CG. It's not even like they're showing a premonition with like actors. It's just like weird images that weird, are yeah. bad CGI. It's like they it, this and this is when the, this is one of the uh, movies that was in the boom of 3D, where every fucking thing was in 3D, and, and it you could, felt like and it. it felt like it, and it's very dated because the second the movie opens, they're playing. Um, Devour by by Disturb, and you're like, wow, this really takes me back to like 2008, <laughs> just like right there. So it, it inst instantly gets dated, and it instantly is just a cliche with all the actors, and it just was not good. And like the kills were just like, this is never, this would never, like the the pool death when the kid gets sucked to the bottom of the pool and then gets sucked through the drain of the pool. No fucking pool would ever be that strong. What do you mean? Yeah, it's just like they, what? And they also had like gratuitous like nudity for no reason in that yeah. one. And the only reason there was nudity in the third one was because there were girls tanning. So situationally, it made sense. And yeah. in this one, they're like, we should show some girls tits, or else this movie won't be as interesting. Like, yeah, what? like the douchey guy is like fucking some girl in a cabana, like at a public pool. Like I don't know, I don't think that's the thing that's gonna ever happen. No, so, it really won't. Uh, this movie, uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they changed directors. Change, I don't have no idea. I didn't really look into it that much just because I didn't like it at all. Um, but it was just not fucking good. I really was thrilled. Like, the second I saw the premonition and a premonition, I was like, done. It's fucking done. Yeah, um, I felt like for this one it was more made because they were like oh you know what would be cool if Final Destination was in 3D yep. and that is all the information we need for a script that's it that's it just put it in 3D and there was a you could there was some obvious so many obvious just 3D gags and I'm like are we not past the point it's of like doing that Piranha yet it's like when Piranha 3D it came out the same time around Piranha 3D I okay think, but that, that was actually fun because it was Piranha's eating the shit out of people yeah I also didn't like that was just funny <laughs> I didn't like in that one either that um all the deaths, like there were some cool deaths. I like the chick getting hit in the uh, eye with the rock, and oh, the, yeah. uh, the that escalator was, was crazy. See, that was my favorite kill, but it was part of a premonition in a premonition. So it doesn't like, even really count. it doesn't even really count. Like ugh. my main problem with it was that they had like these characters literally near death experiences. This guy's clearly on something, like he's clearly onto something like he's got a hunch he knows that something's gonna happen and every fucking time he brings up that there could possibly be more death coming their way you got the one dumb bitch who's like i don't want to fucking talk about it this is where i'm supposed to be that's not gonna happen like bitch did i not tell you that this was gonna happen right before you almost died last time yeah and then you've got his girlfriend who is like apparently blacks out every time he talks about this because every time he talks about it she's like what do you mean like but bitch what do you think i mean what do you think we've been talking yeah, about just, like yeah. every time they br he brings it up again they're like i don't know that seems crazy like did, uh, what have we been living for the last hour yeah i don't know i just i don't know what they were trying to do with that movie i know they were i like didn't even seem like they were trying to wrap it up you know what i mean because like yeah, they weren't one they ended two people survived you know then you get to the next one uh, Alex died and then Clear survives and then you get to you know she dies in the second one so pretty much one and two kind of tie everything up then they reopen it with three and three was good but then four has nothing to do with fucking anything I don't think I don't think it no, had there's any no ties to it except that the stadium's called McKinley Stadium that's it 
so yeah, four is kind of this weird, off on its own, random fucking movie that was just utter garbage, you know. And I like I said, I did like the kills. So that was the cool part. That was it. That was the only thing I could take away from that movie was uh, some of the kills were good. But good God, I would not recommend watching that one. Uh, it is on Netflix though. If you wanna, if you wanna check it out uh, and see what you think of it, because I'd love to know what someone else thought of that. Because it's just not good. Oh, I'm someone else, and I thought it was garbage. Oh, cool, great. So, uh, yeah, all good then. All good on that. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I really want to say on that one. There was uh, 11 deaths in that one. Uh, favorite kill for me was the escalator kill, but it wasn't a real kill. So I, I guess that doesn't count. Um, and then the most bonkers kill for me would have to be the tire just ripping that girl in half because that was fucking crazy. You, favorite favorite kill? Do you have a favorite? Do you do you care? Oh, you you like the 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 rock going through the eye? Yeah, because they set up so many other things. You were like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Oh wow, shit. Yeah, because you have the fan and then you have the uh, hairspray going into the um, ironing thing, and she's like ah, and then rock to the eye. Like wow, okay, didn't see that coming. So yeah, that was the final destination from 2009, also on Netflix. And now I'm gonna talk about a fucking gem of a movie that apparently we hadn't like we hadn't seen. You knew the ending to that movie, totally forgot about it, but we actually hadn't seen this movie in its entirety until last night. And it's Final Destination Five. Fuck, yeah, I dude. thought that was a great job. They had some. I think this one, outside of the first one. Um, and the second one had the most recognizable. Like three and four had like maybe one recognizable. Four had nobody. Three <laughs> had one recognizable person. But this one had a few people who were like, "Hey, I recognize that person." Yeah, yeah. And like uh, Emma Bell was um, the girl who played Andrea's sister in season one of Walking Dead. Yep. And uh, Nicholas DeGosto. Who the fuck is that? Uh, that was the main guy, and he's been in. He, oh, he was in. Um, Masters of Sex. He was in Gotham. He was in that oh, movie Fired okay. Up. He was like, um, he was more popular in the 2000s, uh, but like in a low key kind of way. Yeah, he's not like a famous guy, but it's like, oh, I've seen you before. Like, I recognize that face. He's like the epitome of that. Hey, I recognize that guy. Hey. And then everything you see, you're like, I guess I recognize him from that <laughs> film. Uh, you also have PJ Byrne, and you probably don't know his name, but he's the dorky guy with the glasses. That's basically all I can say. He's been in like Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, he's on Rampage. He, you would recognize him if you saw him. And uh, also David Kochner, who I love from The Office. He played Packer on The Office, amongst many other things. He would be the most famous person in this well, one. Well, besides Tony Todd as well. Well, okay, yeah, Tony Todd is going to only be spelled like famous to like people that are involved in horror but yeah david kochner is absolutely going to be the most recognizable face and uh this one starts on they're go okay so it's a company they're going on a company retreat they all pile on the bus and then they go they're uh driving across a bridge and uh chaos strikes and the bridge just starts fucking collapsing and shit goes down there was a lot of blood and just people getting brutally fucking murdered like the girl falling on the um the sailboat. The sailboat just like spe getting speared on the sailboat. And then you have the girl that falls in the water, lives, and then a car just comes and bam, smash her. Like, oh my God, what is fucking happening in this movie? Um, and then uh, David Kochner. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. He got hit with oh. a thing of tar and he got, hit, you you actually saw his hands get degloved because of the tar. And I was like, Hurr. yeah. It's just he gets covered in like it's like molten and just falls off and he like immediately, you know, like burned just completely. Oh, God, that was a good one, though. And then, yeah, you see his hand just pull. Or like, like, 
Yeah, I, I will say the I really enjoyed that, and um, the only two deaths I didn't like during that scene were the last two with the guy, the main guy, and his best friend because those were definitely like the CGI didn't quite work. Like it was close, but it was like once they did a zoom in of his face because yeah. it was a three D thing, it, it looked all like. Rubbery, it's rubbery funny. skin. Well, it's funny too because I didn't think this was in 3D, and once that happened, I looked at the uh, the poster and it was like, "See it in 3D," and I was like, "You sons of bitches!" So I right off the bat, I was like, "Please don't do what you did in four. and they did not. I think there was only maybe like one or two after that that was kind of the 3D gaggy sort of thing, but they didn't harp on that the whole movie, which was which was good. So obviously that is the premonition scene. Um, the main guy on the bus. Fuck, I just had his name. Oh my god. Oh my god. Main guy on the bus, uh, Sam, real, you know, he starts going through the whole thing where he, he hears a song, he pricks his finger and freaks out, gets everyone off the bus, and, uh, like, you know, six or seven people survive. And I think this one was a more reinvent. We talked about this last night. It was more of a reinventing of, this, of the, uh, the series just because they didn't reference anything from one through four. They didn't reference, like, Flight 180, none of that stuff. So I, oh, wait, no, just kidding. I remember the twist at the end, just kidding. So I can't really say anything else on that. I'll let you talk because I'll probably ruin it. <laughs> That's a good plan. Okay, so <laughs> it just they really me. don't bring up the whole, like, um, death's coming to get you. Th- well, they do because um, Tony Todd. It's Tony Todd. Yeah, Tony Todd's a corner Tony Todd still. is back, <laughs> and um, he says that death doesn't like to be cheated. And basically, they like when they realize people are dying, um, they go and talk to him, and he insinuates that you need to – that death has already got your soul and that's why you're still going to die. And if you want to survive, you've got to take, you've got to send someone else's body down with your soul. Yeah. And, um, dramatic measures must be taken pretty much like you got to kill somebody so you can have all the years that they had left. Like you're not going to get the rest of your life. You're going to get the rest of theirs. And, um, the one thing is that the main guy's ex girlfriend who becomes his girlfriend again throughout the movie. Um, yeah, her name's Molly. Molly and Sam are were, were dating at one point. Yeah, she did not actually die during the uh, whole bridge collapse thing. He manages to save only her. Well, in the premonition. In the premonition. Yeah, the premonition. Um. So the second he mentions that his friend gets murderized on her, like his best friend is yeah. like, "Huh, I feel like maybe I should kill her or something," and like immediately goes to like, "Why you get to survive?" Like. Damn, bro! Like, sorry, she ran faster. I don't know. No, I love that because he's like so mad at the boy at uh, Sam. He's like, "Well, why did you save her in your premonition?" Like, bro, it was a premonition. Like, I didn't do this. It's something I saw in my head. Why is she like worthy of life? Like, dude, chill. Like, it's not like (laughs) I went, "Hmm, who do I like more?" Like, you weren't there, right? Uh, I tried to save everybody, and this is just how it panned out. Like, oh my god! Like, relax. So once he gets all murdery on people and decides to take matters into his own hands, that's when the movie, I love this part of the movie because it takes on a whole new tone for the, like the, like what you think of when you think of final destination, you don't think of what happens and like, you know, like people actually trying to murder people. And I like that. It was a whole new take on the franchise, which was a really good way to do something like different. You know what I mean? Honestly, it sounded much more plausible than we just have to save you again. Like, yeah, it sounded so much more plausible. Like, oh, yeah. OK, yeah, that could work. It sounds much more plausible than the oh, uh, 
have a baby to save your life, like a baby that doesn't even involve you, that baby will, you know, it'll just balance everything out. This it make, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And that's why it, that's why Final Destination 2 kind of lost me in, when they were talking about that. But this makes sense. Like, oh, just kill someone to take your place. And that actually happens with one of the actors at his job. Uh, his name in the movie is uh, Nathan. And that actually happens where he, uh, he accidentally kills someone on the job and that person takes his place so he ends up being safe. Which yeah, is, like he which tries pretty, to save him, but he accidentally kills him right. in the process. So that was kind of cool. I really like that uh, that new addition to the franchise, which made it made me like it even more. And uh, but also just the storyline and how it progressed, and character arcs, and how everything came to fruition in the end. And then you see how that ties into every other movie. You're just like, oh my god, that tie-in. Oh yeah, once we figured oh. out what was going on, we were like yelling at the screen. We literally yeah. hands to the side of our face, looked at each other, just like. Ah! <laughs> like oh my god and uh yeah i don't like i don't want to got me good it really yeah they i usually don't get me that good but I they got me good see that coming i did not see that coming and i don't want to spoil this one just in case you haven't seen it because fuck it's been out since 2011 we hadn't seen it in eight years so and this one's obviously unfortunately not on netflix i had to get it from the dvd option uh that i get mailed to me so yeah but if you you people i i'm gonna recommend this movie i gave it four and a half stars because it just fucking blew me away very impressed. Yeah, definitely impressed. Very, very impressed. I'd say this one was the strongest, but only in um like in reference to like the first film. Like I still like the other ones. Not four. Not, um, not four. We're just gonna forget that one forever. Yeah. Pretty much you can just not watch that, watch all the others, and you're good. Yeah, that really it has nothing to do with anything else. So just watch one, two, three, and then five. Yeah. <laughs> um Let's see. There's something else I wanted to say about this one. Oh, yeah. Um, all the red herrings in this were great because they weren't like all the other previous movies where you think it's going to be one thing, but it ends up being something else. It's, it is, it is, but like it isn't at the same time because something happens, but then they just die not even involving that. They'll show like something like the uh, gymnast scene. I'll just go ahead and reference that one. The gymnast scene where they like we're looking at the AC unit. And they're like, oh, you're like the AC unit's gonna fall, or oh, it's dripping water, it's gonna just start a fire or something. And then the gymnast, uh, one of the gymnasts steps on a uh, nail that fell from the AC unit, and then that dumps all the powder over the girl swinging on the bars, and then she flips off and just completely, I don't even what happened. She like, sandwiches. Yeah, she sandwiches and just like flit, like folds in half, and you're just like, oh shit, fuck. So it's really cool how they give you red herrings and then just completely twist like, like do something different so i love that and um yeah again the twist at the end just <laughs> fucking blew my head off it's good <laughs> it was good so why don't you tell me because my favorite kill from that was the uh was the buddha to the head that was amazing the guy getting the because uh, who fucking dies when you get a massage are you kidding me it was crazy are you quoting the film now no um, that was my favorite kill just because it was so bloody. It was awesome. It was so ridiculous. It's I actually just enjoyed that they uh, killed him in such a ridiculous manner because <laughs> it felt uh, like it seemed like after the third one, they're like, we got to make sure there's one real douchey guy in here. Like, okay, and then. And he usually gets it the worst. Yeah, which is funny because on one hand, it's uh, the idea is that death just comes for you. It doesn't really matter who you are, but... Um, that particular character design <laughs> kind of heavily implies that um, if you're douchey, though, you're going to die in a really horrible way. Yeah, you're going to get it the worst. 
because they set they set you up to believe he's gonna get like lit on fire and then just Buddha to the head, just and it like smears the blood or smears the camera in blood. And I was like, yeah, that was fun. Um, between so, him and uh, David Kochner's death. Oh, that one. That's on my because that, uh, they like totally forgot about that whole thing and then to the face. Yeah, that was the one I put down for most bonkers was the wrench to the head because you did not see that coming. And that's when they were literally debating in the circle about because you know they they do catch on. It's it's almost like the first one where they're like, oh okay, so death's coming for us. We got to figure out the order. And as they're talking about the order, just wrench to the head. And they're like, oh fuck, it was him. He's next. Like shit, dude. Oh my god. Poor David Kochner. Uh, okay, so that was most bonkers. Yeah, and this one also had ten deaths, so double the the first one. And uh, every you know th- this one had ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. So after the first one, they have about ten or more, which is awesome. And uh, let's talk about okay. So rank them best to worst, one through four or one through five. Sorry. Mm, five, one, three, two. I really like three. Oh. Uh, and four, obviously, at the bottom. And four's not on my list. Oh shit. Fuck four. That's funny. Okay, so you did five, one, three, two. I did five, two, one, and three for mine. Oh, there you go. There you go. Opinion. Okay, now what about premonition scenes? Favorite premonition scenes in order from uh, best to worst. Okay, so. Ooh, that's a tough one, though. I know, okay, it's I'm going to have to say two at the best one because yeah. they were full blown on that one. That's just um, the best. It's just the best. Then I'm going to have to say, as much as I hate four, four scene was the craziest <sighs> after three uh, or two other. And okay. not that I want to. No, I know. Um,. Then I gotta say five, because I really liked some of the the deaths in that, and Fuck it was yeah. crazy because you're like, I don't know how anybody's gonna survive right? this, how but are they're you still go? trying. It was also <laughs> apparently the longest um, opening disaster scene. It was of yeah. all of them. Yeah, because I remember we were like 24 minutes in, and I was like, Oh my god, it's been that long. It's like because that's when they just went to the funeral at that point. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. Um, then I'm gonna say one because OG. And uh, then I'm gonna say three because while I really like the whole roller coaster thing, rewatching it, I was like, yeah, they could have done more. There's a lot of people just flying off the tracks, and you don't see what happens. Okay, so then we both agree with our first because my first is number two. It's just I don't think you can ever top that scene. It's so iconic. It's been around since 2003. It's just it's hard to top that one with how fucking brutal it was. Then for me, I gotta go five just because I was impressed with the kills that they did and the fact that it was like. I know a lot of it was CG, but it was CG'd enough to where it didn't look bad. Yeah. And that's why four is way like lower. So then I go, so two, five, then the first one, just because I really do enjoy the first one. Then four, be- I wanted four to be higher, but the CG just took me out of it. The CG was just so bad. I was like, these kills are great and they're cool, but the CG looks so bad, I just can't. And then unfortunately three is at the bottom, only because, and this is my major flaw with the third movie and the premonition or the roller coaster death scene. They would never let that hydraulic fluid. I know it's death and uh, death is coming to get you, but I'm just saying the precautions that they go through with roller coasters, that would never happen. That hydraulic hose would have never been loose because they check that shit every fucking day and they can't send that roller coaster off unless it's 100% working perfectly. So that's my flaw with it. And I felt like they could do more. So three's at the bottom. Sorry. I agree. You agree? So three's at the bottom of yours now too all of a sudden? I didn't. I, it was at the bottom of mine. Was it? Yeah. I thought you said. Oh, was it really at the bottom? Yes. Oh shit. 
I don't listen, apparently, even though I've got headphones on. I am sorry. Uh, okay. So that about does it for the final Destination franchise. Uh, one of my favorites. It's always a good time to watch those. I'm really glad we did because it had been a while since I'd seen all those. And uh, apparently we hadn't seen five. So it was nice to cap that off with something that we hadn't seen and something that was super fucking awesome. So... I don't really have too many recommendations uh, this episode. Unfortunately, I haven't really been watching a lot of stuff, but I will mention two. Shout out to my friend Chris Bishop for this one because he recommended a movie called Martyrs. I did have to buy this one on Amazon. It was $13, but well worth it. I'm not going to tell you shit about it. I want you to go find it. I don't care. Download it. Whatever you got to do. Check that movie out. It's super fucked up, super gory. Uh, it's also in French, or I think I think it was French, I believe. And uh, yeah, it was really good, really good movie. Also, this one was was one a wa- one I watched a while back. It was called Devil's Candy, that is streaming on Netflix. Another one I'm not going to tell you anything about. Only an hour and 19 minutes. Go check it out. So those are my two recommendations for the week. Do you have any recommendations? Anything? No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so I guess let's get into, uh, you want to play some trivia? What about news? We do news at the, have you, I'm sorry. I, I always have to pee during news, I'm sorry. God. Go ahead. Okay, let's play some trivia. First of three, let's do this shit. I don't remember who won last, so I'm going to go first. It's me. No way. It was Okay, me. I'm going to go back to all the episodes, because I actually want to keep a tally and see who's won the most. So go ahead, you fucking jerk. It'll be me. It's not going to be you. All right, what do you got? Let's see. Yellow. Yellow. All right, so... Oh, we've already done yellow, so I get to pick. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> I kind of just slipped out. Excuse me. Oh shit. Oh, I want to. I want to say this one, but it's gonna just. It's gonna be. And it, it's a final destination question, but it's so simple. Do it. No, it's so simple. It. No. Do it. No. Do it. I'll read it to you, but it's not gonna be your question. Like um, I'll tell you what it is, but it's not gonna be because it's. We just talked about. Nah, this. then save it for later. Just answer. Okay. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna give you the hardest one to give me. An up here. All right. So in Onibaba, 1964, what does the older woman require the assistance of the younger woman to remove? What? What does the older woman require? An evil spirit. A mask. Damn it. <laughs> Is it an evil spirit mask? An evil spirit mask. I'll just jot that in for you. Okay. Fucking yellow. Good God. What do you got? Oh, that that's kind of upsetting. Uh, the two detectives in Seven are played by Brad Pitt and what actor? Brad Pitt and um, hmm, I don't know Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yes. 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 I don't like that it took you that long to think of that. Sorry, I, w- I haven't seen that in a while, and I was like, "Fuck, I know this," but what I. with yellow. I'm Did par- you? Did you weight this dice? Yeah, this die? No. How would I? How would I do? How would I even do that? What even? Science? I don't know. What even are you? Oh, that one's already been done too. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. See, this feels like a trick. The, what do you mean? Like, how did I? What did I just set this up one night while you were sleeping? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's what happened. No. 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 Okay. Who directed Cloverfield, two thousand eight? J.J. Abrams. No, Matt Reeves. Good yeah, try, though. Whoever that is. What Dave? the fuck? It's still yellow. Roll it again. This is weird. I'm telling you, this fucking studio is hot. Oh, my ah, God! It's ah! still yellow! Okay, yellow. What is the name of the... Per- That's my... It's your turn, genius. You're supposed to roll. Put that card down. What? It's your turn. 
Okay, I'll just put this one at the bottom. Sorry. Wait, why are you rolling then? Because I'm trying to get the evil spirits I'm out. I'm so confused. Oh, oh my it's god! It's only going to yellow. This is you waited the dice. There's no way. It's a die. It's not Bamboozled. dice. Dice is plural. Dude, I'm telling this studio's haunted. We heard something like fall down earlier. I I also saw a light go on in a room where literally nobody was, yeah, was in there, no, and it's a light switch kind of sure. thing. I mean, what better place to do a podcast, a horror podcast, than a haunted studio? Haunted. Okay. Anyways, get okay. to the fucking. Oh, look at that! It's a, well. First off, it's a seven question again. What the fuck is happening? But also, you already answered it. So let's see. What would be the most obnoxious? Wait, we've already answered this many yellows. What the fuck? What's happening? I'm getting really weirded out right now. Freaking out, man. Okay. Freaking out. Oh, okay. The Void, 2016, was largely influenced by what H.P. Lovecraft novella? God damn. I mean, I want to say The Thing, but I don't think that's H.P. Lovecraft. It's not. It's a movie. Well, no, I know. It could have been a fucking novella before. um, At the Mountains of Madness. (laughs) Nope. That was blue. Nope. Blue? Got it. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. We're not cursed. We're not cursed. We got a green. We're all good. Okay. In The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, 1970, protagonist Sam Dalmas is a struggling writer from what country? Iceland. The United States. (laughs) Wow. I look what I know. (laughs) No, it's just funny that it was like the country we live in. Why are you rolling again? I'm throwing Stop the dice rolling. to you. Okay, good. We're not cursed. We're not cursed anymore. Oh, I already answered this one. Okay. God damn it. Oh, this is where it gets fucky. What was the Army of Darkness, 1992, originally going to be titled? Oh, God. Um, Evil Dead 3. No. <laughs> I don't know. The, medi- uh, the medieval dead. Wow. Pun. The medieval dead. Jesus. Where was that one? Okay, up top. Got it. Boom. Did you roll? Yeah. Erky Durky. What what actor played the titular character in Jacob's Ladder? Oh shit, I know his name too. Ooh, no, Ooh. I know it, and I know his mm. face, and I don't know his I don't name. I don't think you do. Nope, go ahead. Well, I can tell you that you don't know, so. Yeah, well, who is it? Tim Robbins. Damn it. I knew his name, and I couldn't think of it. Well, that really doesn't help you out when you have to remember things. You want to pick up a card and stop doodling? Stop doodling your killer clowns from outer space. Well, joke's on you. I'm doodling Stranger Wings. Oh, my God. All right, I don't know what color it is because it's, it's back uh, there. Yeah, you already had this one. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe you. Stop doing that. <laughs> During what war does the devil's backbone take place? World War II. Nope. The Spanish Civil War. What the fuck? That was green. What the fuck? This is going to be a minute on this one. Yeah, since we're... Oh, God, this sucks. Shitty. All right. Roll it, roll it up, I dude. I did roll it. It's green. Oh, sorry. You're doing it so quick. Ninja speed. Oh, God damn it. Um, REC or REC. I don't know how to whatever. REC 2007 makes use of what type of filmmaking style? Found footage. God damn you, son of a bitch. I almost said something else. 
Yeah, for people who don't know, uh, Quarantine is the remake of Wreck. I didn't know. Yeah, Wreck was the first. It's actually, it's better, too. I mean, I still love Quarantine, but yeah, Wreck is definitely a little bit more gory and a little bit What? Nothing. What? Died. Did I not? Oh, shit, I didn't roll. Just kidding. Oh, cool. You actually got this question. I'm glad I didn't tell you. Perfect. And this is HHN related. What okay. actor from The Office portrayed one of the teenage protagonists in House of a Thousand Corpses? Oh, oh, fucking Rain Wilson. Yeah, you Boom. got it. Boom. Wow, you, sh- you shouldn't have. I mean, I still would have gotten it, but you shouldn't have said HHN related. Well, House of a Thousand Corpses. No. Oh, God. Okay. Wait, no, it's your turn to roll. Shit. I rolled a yellow. Fuck, I'm sorry. Ooh, this there's a lot of yellow that has been done before. Um, okay, fine. Uh, ho ho! In Martyrs 2008, what are the two requirements for the so-called martyrs? I didn't see that film. So I'm going to say be a girl and um, be a virgin. Oh my god, you're so close. It's young and female. Close. I'll give you half a point. I would like half a point, yeah. So one and a half to one. You're up. I will, I will give you that half a point. I guessed because I only saw girls on give the cover the fucking and they thing. were young and I just went with virgin. Must be a virgin. Close. So one and a half to one. I'm down. In The Loved Ones 2009, Yeesh. who does Lola Stone inject with a household cleaner filled syringe dam? Oh, shit. Is okay. Is it like a okay? You have to answer me this. Is it like a is it like sibling, mom, dad, or is it, is it like a person's name? Because I mean, it can literally yeah, person's name, person's name, Lola, Brent Mitchell. Oh wow, so close. I feel like I've seen that scene. I've seen that movie or something, or at least that scene. That that sounds the whole, from, uh, oh fuck. Some... You said who does Lola? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was an odd choice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Herself? I don't know why that was the first thing that popped. I was trying to think of, like, what's a weird name I could think of? Let me think of Lola, even though you, I, apparently I just don't listen. I don't fucking listen. God. What was that? Nothing. Okay. Uh, what is the name of the ghost that protagonist Carlos sees in The Devil's Backbone, 2001? Juan. Juan. His name is Santi. Like Santa Second Claus. Guess. <laughs> Second guess. Juan Santi. Dum dum dum. Okay, one and a half to one still. Gotta, gotta crank it up here. And or sorry, as of twenty eighteen, the thing was one of how many film collaborations between Kurt Russell and John Carpenter? Oof. Wow, that's that's a lot. Oh my god, they've done so many things. This is true. Uh five. Damn it. Seriously? Yeah. Yes. Elvis, Escape from New York, Escape from The LA. Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, and Escape from LA. Because I, I, I knew Big Trouble in Little China, both the escapes, and then I, I was like, I was like, ah, I'm just going to go with five. <laughs> nice. All right. Suspicious. Okay, so two to one and a half. Let's do it up. Oh, it's your turn. Sorry. 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 Sorry, everybody. It's going to be yellow. Oh, <gasps> uh, it's yellow. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, no, 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 no. Oh, God damn it. Who directed Hush 2016? Oh, no way. I don't know. No way. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> Fucking Mike Flanagan. Come on. I forget these things. 
Okay. Could have been in the lead for the game. For the game. Come on. What do you got? God damn it. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Who directed The Conjuring? Oh, no. I don't know. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, no. James won. I was like, (laughs) did you have a stroke? Like, why don't you know that? Yay, I won. You won one. All right, nice, good stuff, good stuff. All right, um, fucking, oh, I gotta put these back over here. Okay, so not a lot of news this episode. Didn't really see much. Didn't really save much. Just like, just really not much happening. But nonetheless, I did a couple follow-ups on a few things. I did check up on the new installment of the Final Destination series. There's no official word. All I can find is uh, all I can find is that it is, it is in development. I it, didn't know it existed, so that is news. Yeah, it's Final Destination Six. No release date. No actors. No nothing. Just in development. So cool. I'm excited for it, though. I'm very excited for that. Hopefully, if they do it right. I mean, hey, with how they did five, fuck yeah. Uh, and there is an update on the new Invisible Man, directed by Lee Winnell. It is expected to be released in March of next year, and already has two people cast. Elizabeth, um, I didn't put her last name down. Oh, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, she's from Girl Interrupted and The Hand- Handmaid's Tale. And Storm Reed from A Wrinkle in Time. They're both cast to be in The Invisible Man. No other details have really been released, but at least something is going on with that. And uh, lastly, but not least, uh, Escape Room that I mentioned on Episode 8, or Escape Room 2 that I mentioned on Episode 8, is now slated, or it was slated for April 17th of next year, but according to Bloody Disgusting, it won't be out until August 14th of 2020. But nonetheless, getting an Escape Room 2. And I did see today when I was scrolling through Facebook that apparently the new Swamp Thing, DC's Universe Swamp Thing, got canceled after one episode. So obviously that didn't do very well. Um, People are petitioning to have it back. So I'm not sure. I never got to see it because I don't have cable. So I think that was it. Did I have anything else? Oh, yeah. And then... I don't know how accurate this is because it's from JoeBlow.com. Um, it just doesn't sound very very reputable. But apparently The Conjuring 3 uh, will begin filming this month. And I do believe that's coming out sometime next year. So that's exciting. And then uh, Rob Zombie did announce his new movie, Three from Hell. There, there will be a trailer coming out in six days. Uh, so basically by the time this airs, uh, there, they should, there should be a trailer for uh, Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. So, oh my. Yeah. Hopefully it's better than 31 because honestly that was such a boring movie. A lot of good blood and kills, but just kind of boring overall. Um which is sad because I really do enjoy most of his movies. So anything else you like to say, recommend, news, anything. Hit me. I mean, I have to come across the table to do that. Such an ass. <laughs> Okay, well, that about wraps it up for this Final Destination episode. Uh, Me and Corey will be back on the next one doing Creature Features Part 2. It's going to be awesome. Definitely going to do some Lake Placid and some other fun stuff in that. So until then, stay tuned and stay spooky.